0: Hey everybody and welcome to Popcorn Prattle episode one hundred baby 100. It is 100. so exciting to to introduce this episode one hundred episodes One hundred episodes there have been tears there have been laughs There have been tears because of laughs. (laughs) We've had champions on the show. We've had almost champ champs on the show, but some people cheat. Uh (laughs) We have had live shows. We have had Instagram takeovers. This is way more than where I anticipated this show um, going. Audience, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just got done seeing a really good movie, and now you're at the bar and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies, and let me introduce you to them. First up, you know them. You love him. It's the man. It's the myth. It's the legend. It is Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. It's Brittany. Bitch. Oh my oh gosh, Mrs. Key.
1: My gosh.
0: We are so sorry about that. So sorry, Mrs. Key. Um, but don't <laughs> worry because your darling baby girl, she is here. She's ever so lovely. She's ever so talented. Hey, everybody! It is Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to folks at home. Hi, mom. Now, I'm gonna take you guys back. We go on this journey with me. Well, can we all get in the DeLorean together? Buckle up. Where are we, we going? Go okay.
2: miles we're
0: going we're gonna go back to 2015. That was a good year. It was an okay
2: year. It's a very or good year. Or 2014,
0: give That's or take give or take a few months. <laughs> Not, bad. Not bad. And we are at the home, the sacred ancestral home of the Sally family, at least during our time in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I am on my parents' doorstep. And once again, I am talking to a good friend of mine. Since high school. And we're sitting there, we're talking about why The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is not so bad. And not only are we talking about that, but we're talking about how you could then introduce... Spider-Man into the MCU, which at the time had not the Avengers had not come out yet. <laughs> Ultron, excuse me, Ultron had come out then. There, there's there's a little voice in say. my a little voice in my ear that's saying Ultron had come out by this point. Um, it had not. It
3: had not
1: yet.
0: Oh, it was it was a few months out. Oh, Ultron was about to come out. Okay.
1: Anyways. All right.
0: So Ultron was about to come out, and I'm sitting with this person, and I said, you know what? A podcast should be made because we spent two hours standing on this porch talking about one subject, just one, and then we were like, okay, we're going to leave knowing full well that the next time we meet, we're going to pick up that conversation once again. Ladies and gentlemen, that person that was with me when Popcorn Prattle was created was Mr. Calvin Hoskins. And guess what? The stars have aligned on this, the 15-year friendversary, according to Facebook. He has returned. He has come Like a Phoenix from the ashes. But not to be confused with the horrible dark phoenix movie where there was like literally only two people. Um (laughs) excuse me, three people was me, Dave, and Kristen. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, this is truly a legend in popcorn prattle history. Calvin, welcome back to the show. Hello, boys and girls. You don't have to lean. You can just you can <laughs> <laughs> kind
4: of like leaned in. He's like, hello. You, you're <laughs> over here with your arms flailing
0: like. Yeah, yeah I, I get into it, man. I'm getting into it too. Oh, leaning in. Like, oh, that's
1: what she said.
0: Out. Oh, leaning in, tiling like your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yes. Mom. Hello, Mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, um, and this is all without alcohol. There's no, <laughs> there's no alcohol in the show. There is just good times and good friends. But sir, we are happy to have you. It's nice to be back. Yeah, when you when when you were last time you were here, the desk was smaller. The desk was a whole lot smaller. Yeah, there weren't two monitors.
4: Nope.
0: You know, there was a tiny Rusev. Was Tiny Rusev there? That tiny point? Rusev was there. Tiny Rusev was there at that point. Oh yeah, now Tiny Rusev—he's—he's he's got like an official job now. Yeah. But like he's joined now by more people.
2: Nice. Yeah,
0: Tiny Rusev. For those of you who don't know, is like a little toy WWE toy that a student gave me as like a grab bag gift. Aww. Like he got it, he got it from the store. and was like, "Here, fetch," and it hit me in the eye. And I was like, "Tiny Rusev, you shall be my friend," um, because every day uh, is Rusev Day. Um, but it's, it's amazing just how the show has evolved. Um, we are now united. We're finally, we're finally getting that episode that Lindley was supposed to guest on. Is this a crossover episode? (gasps) This is a crossover episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is the episode that a long time ago, way back when, when there were three of, when there were still three of us, but it was just three dudes sitting around. Um, I said, "Hey, we need a feminine touch to this very male-dominated show." Some
1: femininity.
0: And then Lindley came.
4: I got so mad I was like, "Nope, I'm done." <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not, not true. That's not he's true.
0: been wandering around, um, <laughs> getting woke, and now now that he is sufficiently awake—excuse me, now is he officially awake? Um, I did mean woke, but that's grammatically incorrect. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so,
1: so someone woke you up, woke you up inside.
0: I work so much
4: that I haven't slept, ah. so I really and I'm not even awake. It's just like I'm a zombie. <laughs> I'm a zombie.
0: Oh my gosh, we're we're seven minutes into the show and it's already <laughs> it, it is already um proving to be off the chain because guess what, audience? Um, this show is going to be very different. We have audience questions. Um, we, we asked you guys, and um, you guys were gracious enough to send us a crap ton of questions. Um, but it would not be Popcorn Prattle if we did not review a movie. and It definitely wouldn't be Popcorn Prattle if we didn't review a Marvel movie. And since this all began with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, it seems only, oh my god. It seems only appropriate that not only are we reviewing another Spider-Man movie, but we're reviewing another Spider-Man sequel. sequel. <laughs> what is this? The stars have a lie. I, I know, I know. I love it. That, that that just means something bad's gonna happen.
4: Hercules is gonna defeat Hades. Oh my god. And throw the Titans back in the little cage thing. Oh Lord, let's... it's been a while since I've seen Hercules, <laughs> and I'm ready Lord. for Hercules for Disney to make the live action remake Whoa. of don't that. Don't let yes. I don't
1: yeah. want to talk about Hercules right now. I've been oh, dealing Lord. with ticketing for Hercules. I will. Hmm. It's gonna be a great show nope. though. It's gonna be a great show though.
3: I hear that the third it's Spider-Man movie is gonna have three villains starring Topher Grace.
1: Oh. Oh, oh. We don't.
0: We don't talk about that. No. Oh no. We don't. We do talk about that. We don't. We don't talk about that here, um, but we, we do talk about our great, better Spider-Man movies. Um, and so, audience, before we dig deep into this, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Spider-Man: Far From Home, I-
4: sucks to be you.
0: <laughs> 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 Dear God. This gonna be fun. I would highly recommend that you fast forward. past the re- pass the spoiler review because I, there's no way you can talk about this movie without spoiling it. You can't.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so we're going to talk about it in detail. Um, we're not going to spend the whole time talking about it because we have a, a ton of questions that we need to go over. Um, but if you don't want to hear about that, I would definitely recommend skipping the next 15 or 20 minutes. Just because, not only are we talking about Spider-Man, but the next, the first question will probably have to deal with the aftermath of Far From Home. Because um, it does kind of set you up as far as where the world is now in the MCU. So, you have been sufficiently warned. Steven. Lindley. I cannot believe I'm saying this. Calvin. Are you... Are you guys ready? Ready. Ready. Shield up, let's do this.
4: Leroy Jenkins!
1: I regret
0: everything. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm with you, Lindley. Aren't you guys glad I quit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it just makes me more of a crazy person. <laughs> uh, I'm crazy. I'm sitting here wearing a pineapple shirt. Like, let's do this. I haven't
4: slept in like July so
0: (laughs) guys let's prattle so spider-man far from home the first movie the first marvel movie after the box office explosion hit of avengers endgame and the world is a very strange place um we're no longer calling it the decimation or the snap, we're calling it the blip. I blip.
1: hate that. I hate, blip, there are two I different hate events that it's called the blip. Blip.
0: They're two different events. The
4: snap was the original snap. They have to have something, a new name for when Tony Stark. Oh, and, and oh, Paul, so I didn't get that. Come on, okay. I didn't get that. I didn't and get aren't that. Aren't you glad I'm back now <laughs> 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 to
0: explain the movies? Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, so the blip is when everybody can- comes back, and um, we saw we saw kind of like Peter and the rest of his friends at the end of Endgame, um, but the world is definitely a strange place. Everyone that got snapped that was in the decimation um, when they came back from the blip, um, I just like saying the word at this point. Uh, they all came back at the exact same age because to them not much time had passed. It was like what like. Was it five seconds or was it just like a second? I mean, it's been five years. Yeah. I mean, it's been—I f- know it's been five years for them, but I mean, for like, like for the rest of the world, but for them in particular,
1: it couldn't have were been dead long. And
0: just came back. No. Yeah, like, so they they come back and they're like, "What's going on?" And then they realize that the world has kept going, and so people that were very young and nerdy looking end up becoming um, like jocks uh, and very good looking. Um, <laughs> five years later. Um, and Peter is dealing with the death of Uncle Ben, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Tony. Oh uh, Yep. And, uh, and Way to call <laughs> and, uh, and this is kind of like his, almost like a, uh, an introduction to Spider-Man in this new world and really establishing him as kind of the cornerstone, I feel, to phase four. Um, Because there are definitely a lot of parallels to um, the first Iron Man movie. Um, But we'll get there. We will definitely get there. But I just want to kind of give you guys the gist in case you've been living under a rock and you don't know, you didn't know what Far From Home was about. Um, Calvin, start us off, man. What did you think of the movie?
4: Can I go back to a question... I have a question for Lindley about why she doesn't like the word bullet. I don't Is it because the first time you saw it it was in comic sans? <laughs> it wasn't comic sans. It was. That
1: may have been a factor and, and a, a sub, <laughs> that may have been a subconscious factor although that opening the the first opening with Mysterio was very out of place, and as I found out later, that's the extra scene that was included when you went to go rewatch Endgame when they re-released that's it. That's where it should have
0: been. Yeah. Um,
1: was a bit which out was of place. three
4: days before Spider Man actually was released in theaters. So you paid the normal admission ticket price to go watch the first scene of a movie that comes out three days later.
1: Apparently, uh, but after that opening, the greatest opening of all time, carried on and it was fantastic. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Just something about calling it the blip rubs me the wrong yeah. way. Like it just doesn't sound. Yeah. Like as it dramatic it as it, it actually was.
0: Right, right. It kind of undercuts. What that emotional moment in Endgame when uh, uh, Hawkeye's phone beeps and it's his family.
1: Yep.
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Well, I mean, the two smartest people in the MCU now are teenagers, so. The blip is a perfect plus two. I
3: think you got to look at it from the perspective of the survivors. I mean, to them, the whole disappearing and then coming back to them—that would. I mean, what else could you really call it? I mean, to them, it would be a blip. Like, huh,
2: mm-hmm. I was
3: dead. Now
0: I'm back. Right. <laughs> what a blip. Now, now And the rest of the world calls it the blip too, right? Because doesn't Aunt May call it the blip? I
4: think so. Aunt May calls it the blip. Okay. The, um, his teacher calls it the blip.
0: Okay, because I didn't know if that was like a high school thing. Like the yeah. high schools were calling it the blip. And everybody else was like, we just came back. <laughs>
4: I believe there is an adult that hey. makes the come besides his teacher to high school student. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Did you enjoy the movie? I did enjoy the movie. Nice. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. Um. I really like small details of the film, like. Going back to the opening, the Getty images. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. You know? Like, silly stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I also like going into major spoilers, uh stuff like Edith. Um, Even Dead, I'm still the hero. <laughs> now at the end of the film, Mysterio's dead, and in the post credit scene, he's still the hero uh-huh. mm. after using Edith. Mm-hmm. Like I really like stuff like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. It's so complex, but it's also so dorky and fun. Right. It's a, its one of the good Spider-Man movies. Yeah.
0: Oh, I—I uh, was like, I was like, I wanted to pass it along to oh. to Stephen um, just to get just to get initial thoughts out of the way. Stephen, what did you think about it? Dave, he did go see the movie. I was there. I witnessed it. Yes, he was.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: He brought yes. me. He he brought me snacks.
1: Oh, yes, I did. We saw it on he IMAX. bought you
4: snacks or brought you snacks? He bought me snacks. He bought you snacks. He okay. bought me snacks. <laughs> I manage a movie theater, so I gotta make sure you didn't sneak stuff
0: in. And if, if I did, <laughs> it's not my movie theater. So <laughs> I'm
1: Hashtag spons?
0: Hashtag not my problem.
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Steven. So um, I would say, first of all, this is definitely a movie you want to see in IMAX. Um. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was really, uh, visually fun. Um, I think going into this one, I kind of just accepted the fact that this is not the Peter Parker of the comic books. This is the MCU Peter Parker. I don't know why. I just kind of felt like, okay, I can roll with it. As long as you, as you alluded to earlier, Marcus, if you accept the fact that Tony is now Uncle Ben, um, mm-hmm. it's basically, you can go on from there. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was very entertaining as a film um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i thought it was very clever how they worked mysterio in because um, mysterio is one of those characters that could very easily either be too hokey and silly to be believable or like what they did in the film here a great menace because me and my brother mm. josh always talked about they really should use mysterio because that ability to make illusions and make you question reality like that's a really great concept and it was just kind of like how come no one's toyed with that well this movie does that and i liked that i liked it a lot
0: you know john watts even said um that was his biggest concern about um about mysterio was the fact that you know his powers are kind of hokey right Mm -hmm. um well like from like a comic book uh, perspective and trying to translate translate that into a film. The one thing the one thing that he, he says though and and I really liked it was that you are know, like we're gonna embrace that. Like it's the comic book. It's the character. Um, you know, you know, we, we mentioned that with Aquaman, right, and Wave Master. Oh sorry, not Wave Master, Ocean Master. Um, and the fact that they did not shy away from his classic look. They didn't shy away from his name. Um, they were like, this is a comic book movie. Let's let comic book movies be comic book movies. Um, and, and guess what? There's a reason why these characters, I mean, Mysterio is a famous Spider Man villain. Um, and I feel like this movie really kind of showcased like why that is. Um, so, yes, yeah, I, I think that was, I, I completely agree with you. I think it was great. That they, you know, kept the green smoke and whatnot and all that good stuff. Uh, Lindley, what about you?
1: I I thought it was good. I it, I wasn't blown away by it. There, there are certain points in this movie that I do feel is some of the best of the MCU. Like the mm. the what Stephen was talking about with the illusions.
2: Mm. Those
1: were some of the best scenes I've seen in a Marvel movie. But then there were other times where I'm just like, meh. wasn't bad, Mm. but it wasn't anything great. Um, Mm. I really do like the chemistry of all of the characters. Like, it felt real. It felt natural. Mm. I don't know. And I really liked Happy's role in this movie. yeah. Um, Yeah. But other than that, it, it was good. Like, I didn't really have a problem with it, but I wasn't. And this may also be after have seen Endgame and mm. being just so, as, as the kids say, shook by it. I was shook. Right, right. I was shooketh to my core. Um, right. It was fun. It was fine. Everyone was, was going to be. My, yeah.
0: That was going to be my question only, was do you feel like because this came so close on the heels of Endgame, I mean, like Calvin said, they just re-released it um, to try and beat Avatar the week before. Yeah. So especially if you watched Endgame, and that's, I mean, I'm I'm watching clips of it on YouTube, that's still like an emotional movie, even yeah. just watching the clips. Thanks. So to to see that, and then you're like, you go to Spider-Man, it's a nice palate cleanser, but at the same time, it's like, ugh, you were, have was so high. It was so high, the stakes. And then you, they're a little bit lower in this one.
1: Yeah. That mm. may have been the case, but then it's also, I know this movie is taking us to different places. They're doing, giving us different things, but it's also not that different from hmm. um, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. And I mean that by the whole thing of Homecoming was, you know, Peter Parker's doing something and then he, he messes up and he's in two over his head. And then he remembers something emotional and then he, you know, becomes a Spider-Man and saves the day. And that's basically what happened in this one. You know, he mm-hmm. thinks he's a kid way too over his head. The circumstances are different. And I do mm-hmm. like the circumstances that he was given of feeling like, oh, is he the next Tony Stark? But, again, it's Spider-Man into over his head, and then he messes up, and then he feels like, oh, he's just a kid, he shouldn't be able to do this, and then he, you know, gets the courage and becomes Spider-Man and saves the day.
0: I I like that, Lindley, and I would even argue to say maybe this should have been the first movie that we even see Spider-Man, that he should have continued to be, like, you know, kind of a peripheral character, Mm -hmm. much like Hawkeye was for a long time, Um, and then Far From Home becomes, like, our real introduction into the character.
1: I could have seen that, but also I really liked Homecoming, mm. um, and I do really I have my own thoughts on Jake Hall, but I love what they did mis- this- with Mysterio, and I love how they modernized the character. Yeah. So I again, oh sorry, really high points, but then the rest was like, nah.
4: I have to disagree with you, Marcus. I think having the um, Homecoming would as his first movie you have to have that relationship with Tony Stark Mm. and have him set up that um, Ben Parker Mm. uh, Uncle Ben role with uh, that makes it more emotional when he dies Um, but this movie also made me really interested in maybe having a like going from Marvel to DC DC and I don't know if you guys still bash on them as much as we did back in the day. Oh, every day. Okay. We have a
0: segment now called "Go Home, DC, You're Drunk."
4: Okay. So
0: <laughs> this this movie
4: made me think that it would be awesome if the first Batman movie was a Scarecrow movie, and they introduced like a year one Batman as with against Scarecrow in the Mysterio scenes, the um the Germany fight scene, mm-hmm. um made me think it would be great to
0: have Scarecrow do the same thing. So to do a more comic... Because they did that with um, Batman, Bat, uh, was it, oh God, uh, Batman... Batman Begins, Batman Begins. Batman Begins.
4: Begins had Scarecrow. But no, but, actually do a more like comic, comic book.
0: book. Right. Like,
4: make it crazy off mm-hmm. the walls. Yeah, you saw scary images and people looking like they were throwing up dark blood. You know, whatever. That's Nolan. No, do an actual comic book movie. Mm-hmm. You can make it an R-rated horror film. Oh, my God. <laughs> an R-rated horror Batman film with the Scarecrow as a villain.
0: I want this movie now. Yeah, <laughs> I would love this. It
4: <laughs> would be fantastic. Boo, haunted I mean, house. Effect- but
1: also, Calvin, the, effects that they did. the only thing that's in my brain now, when you said duck blood, Woo.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> now, I, I I do have a question for everybody because we're all familiar with the the traditional um, Spider-Man story. I I I, I want to get you guys opinions on like the liberties they're taking with the character and his universe because while this does feel it does have several nods to the original comic book, there are some very big differences. Um not just in about Mary Jane, but the fact that now Tony is the Ben Parker um he is the one that Peter sees dying in front of him after taking that responsibility of I need to protect the world um and that's essentially that, that's one of the last things that Tony really tells him in homecoming um. That's a, it's his responsibility um, to do the right thing, to protect the neighborhood.
3: And when and you've got the ability to do good things, you've got a whole opportunity to do those good things. Not commitment, responsibility.
0: Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, movie quote champion right here. Um, But I want to know, like, do you guys like that? Is that a choice that is positive? Or... Do we need to see Uncle Ben at some point, or we need to have like a definitive reference, not just "Hey, hits his initials on the suitcase"? No, yeah, I'm blown up.
4: <laughs> no. I'm really worried about um, Happy now because every father figure. Is, oh, is,
1: no! Is, oh no, no Happy! Peter Parker's uh, the Black Widow for father figures.
0: Oh no! Oh, they're gonna kill Happy. I mean, all.
1: even
4: even Mysterio was a father-like figure to him.
0: Oh, no. They're killing
4: Happy all. Yeah, Happy's gonna die in <laughs> no. third. Oh,
0: he dead. Oh, he real dead. <laughs> oh, Happy real dead.
1: <laughs> I'm sad.
0: Uh,
4: you're welcome. <laughs> Steve, what, what, what do you think?
3: Well, see, that was my big problem with Spider-Man Homecoming was he wasn't Peter Parker. Uh, it was very clear they were setting up, to me anyways, that they were setting up... Uh, Tony Stark to be the new Ben Parker and this was a Spider-Man who clearly had not learned the whole with great power comes great responsibility idea yet
4: has he still yet? sorry to interrupt was but what? I mean he did take unlimited power and try to blow up one of his friends on the school trip he doesn't know the, the whole great yeah, he, hasn't he, doesn't ha- he hasn't learned about responsibility no
3: he hasn't and that's why I've, I've taken to kind of calling him uh, Peter Starker Because he's not really, to me he's like zombie, he's like zombie Peter Parker if you try to compare him to the comic books. But, having said that, can you really say that a lot of the characters in the MCU are exact replicas of their comic book characters? Because, I mean, obviously you're going to make changes for whatever uh, reason, and I think if you can at least honor, you know, the spirit of what those characters were about... Or if it was a bad spirit to begin with, change it into something better. I think that's passable, and obviously the rest of the world apparently does because it's like the highest-grossing franchise in the history of ever. So I going into this one, I was okay with those changes more, and I, I think it's fine um, because from a storytelling standpoint, you don't want to you don't want to throw things in there that aren't necessary. And I think to kind of go back and do the whole be- Uncle Ben thing at this point would kind of just be, not, not retconning, but kind of like just taking a step backward and kind of like shutting your story down a little bit when you really, it really, no one's really, no one's really interested in hearing that anymore, I think. So that's just my take on it.
0: I I understand, I understand what you're saying, Stephen, where like they're not an exact uh exact translation from comic book to to the screen but i also feel you know kind of like what what calvin was saying like he hasn't learned that lesson yet he hasn't learned with great power comes great responsibility and i feel like that that's a very conscious choice i feel like you know you look at um black panther um you know my contractually obligated black panther reference each each episode um you look at black (laughs) panther He's not really T'Challa, and I mean, in the comic books, T'Challa is like one of the greatest minds in in the world. Um, you don't get that in his movie. Like, you kind of get that he's smart, um, but he's definitely not a king yet. Um, and I feel like you can't. I f- I feel like it's a I feel it's a very conscious choice to say like we want these characters. If these characters are gonna last a lot longer we need to stretch out some of these stories. Um, and so it's, it'll be interesting to me to see if he does learn with great power comes great responsibility in the third movie. Um, because then it's like, well, where do you go from there? You have tons of places you can go with Peter. Um, you don't have to just give him that lesson in the first 15 minutes. Um, and then he spends the rest of the movie trying to figure out what does that mean? he can take you can take 3 movies and cover that because what they're doing with that idea right now I think it's I, it, like you said it's working people are in, invested
3: and um, and something else I wanted to point out too I hmm. felt like this movie had a really clever way for working in the whole reason why people would turn against Spider-Man and call him a menace um you know in the Sam Raimi movies they had that but here it feels like a natural progression of the story the way they kind of reveal that um, spoiler alert uh, but you, you you should know that by now um at the very end of the movie they reveal uh, uh, mysterio basically reveals Peter Parker's identity to the whole world via an angry um, Yes, an angry J. Jonah Jameson, played by who else? J.K. Simmons. Because let's face it, were they ever going to get anyone better? No. No.
0: Nope. Um, Terry Crews. No, I, Terry, I Cruz Terry Crews could have done it. No, save,
1: save Parker.
0: <laughs> save,
1: save Terry Crews for King Triton, like he wants to be in yes, the little mermaid yes. remake.
0: Oh my God!
3: But but you know like. It was clever the way they do this because one, let's face it, nobody buys newspapers anymore. So, making the Daily Bugle sort of, a, sort of an online thing with a shock jock commentator who can just say whatever he wants.
1: They made We him... live in a
3: world oh, that shit, a, that actually happens every day.
1: <laughs> what who what's the guy that he he's basically the one that was angrily shouting about something tarting frogs gay alex jones alex jones yeah he's, they made yes, jay, he's basically that. A... <laughs> jay jones and alex jones and i'm so okay
3: brilliant with that was brilliant and and it perfectly works in like if you compare it to iron man it's the it's almost like an exact opposite where mm. tony announces to the world he's iron man and he's accepted peter is basically forced into having his identity revealed in a way that's going to get them to hate
1: him. Yeah, so it, it's
3: kind of interesting to see that opposite.
1: And if they couldn't do it in the Civil War movie, like it is in the comics, it's a it's an interesting way of bringing it about.
0: Well, and you, you got to remember, you couldn't do it in Civil War. No. Uh, it was way, I mean, it was our we were first just introduction now. to him. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, and they didn't know whether or not we as an audience would take to this new Peter Parker, yes. our third Peter Parker. Um so it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see like what um what ends up happening. me, I don't think we we heard from you though on what you think of these changes.
1: I'm I'm okay with it because I do I'm like Steven, I realize this is a different Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. It works for this universe. Like in this universe I buy it. I'm fine with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it
1: doesn't bother me, just because the Tom Holland is really doing a fantastic job of not only bringing a good Peter Parker and a Spider Man, because mm-hmm. Toby Maguire he he had he was a pretty good Peter Parker. Okay, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield was a good Spider Man. Okay, Peter Parker. Tom mm. Holland, I think, is the Best. He he has both down.
0: It's kind of like, it's kind of like, and then calvin gonna shoot it to you. It's kind of like you know what I've always said about the Batman um, paradox, where you, as an actor you need to be able to play all three parts. Yep, you need to be able to play Bruce Wayne, the wounded orphan, Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy, and then Batman. And then you've got to play Batman. Yeah, and all three have to be different because otherwise to an audience, it doesn't make sense on why no one's put two and two together. Exactly. Uh, Cal.
4: Tom Holland is the second best Spider-Man. Jake Johnson is the first.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jake Johnson
0: is a,
4: he's a good Peter. He's (laughs) a great Peter, actually. Yes. But as you see in the movie, he's also a really good Spider-Man and then his whole life falls apart. Perfect Spider-Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true. I do I do appreciate the fact that they are not shying away from um really what to me what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man is that he's got that tragedy. Every every, you know, every choice that he makes ends up having like a negative impact on him and Makes him question all the time. Why am I Spider Man if everything I do is wrong? Why
1: um, do I Spider Man?
0: And and it and it really kind of drives home the point of what is it into the Spider Verse, my fa- my favorite Spider Man movie. Um, anyone can be Spider Man.
4: Anyone can wear the mask. Anyone
0: can wear the mask. Oh. <laughs> you can be Spider
4: Man. It'll fit eventually. <laughs> Also, everybody's in tears now. Uh,
1: can we can we acknowledge that this is the first MCU movie without a Stanley cameo?
0: It felt weird.
1: It did feel really weird.
0: I because I there was a moment where I started looking for it because I was like, oh, this is where it's going to happen. And it was obviously not there. Where would it have gone? What do you guys think? I
1: think he could have been the, not not J. Jonah Jameson, but he could have been the announcer being like, oh, we have a report. Like, that announcer it's he's, he's a actual news anchor here in New York.
0: He is, but he's also, a, he's a news anchor within the MCU. Is he really? Like he, he's been in, sev- he's been in the, he was in Daredevil.
1: Oh. Stanley's
4: cameo. Stanley's cameo would have been in the terrible hotel. He would have been complaining about his room <laughs> yeah. that he didn't have uh, chocolate on his pillow. Like he would have been in there, or he would have been he would have been in
0: that part of the movie. Mm, I'm calling jail.
4: He could have been jail. He would have jail, been. In, he would jail. have been one of the guys or, in the jail.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or he would have been on the train when Peter wakes up. Or, or the one to wake Peter up. No, no, that's the jail i Peter wakes about. up in jail, though. Yeah, yeah he wakes up Never in jail. Never mind, yeah, he would have been in the jail.
3: <laughs> see, I was gonna say, he probably would have been one of the people in that party in the street scene.
1: I could say that. Yeah, that,
0: that would have been a third option. Yeah, because cause they, they get bigger. Like, like they, they give him, like, a moment. Like, in Homecoming, when he's the guy <laughs> at the window... And he's like, um, he's yelling at Peter because he thinks he's trying to steal the guy's car. Um, yeah, I, uh, I
4: just see him being old man on vacation, <laughs> just having a fun old time.
0: And Too much he's fun. In a crappy
4: hotel with Spider Man. Doesn't know he's a Spider
0: Man. <laughs> doesn't know. Doesn't know. Um, but guys, let us uh, step away from from Far From Home because, um, like I said, Calvin's got to get up on the road at at some point. And I did want to include him in the discussion because we are talking about MCU. We're going to get to our first fan question. And, guys, this fan question was simply put phase four. I'm assuming that means where do we go with the MCU into phase four? Um, It's exciting. There's a lot, there's a lot of places they can go. Let's round table this. Give me the next, your idea of, like, the next couple of movies. Why don't we do that? That'll be easiest, I think. Um, who would like to start?
1: Not me.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll st- oh, I'll start okay, it. Go ahead, start Marcus. Okay, so first off, we know that Nick's in space, right? Yes. First off, we gotta figure out why Nick's in space. Now, I'm either saying either one or two things happens. Either... We're going to go Captain Marvel 2 and try to, no, they wouldn't do that because Brie Larson will refuse. I was going to say to win back some of those fanboys, but they're never going to, they're never going to like Captain Marvel. Um, But I think that it would be cool to see Captain Marvel in like a space epic. Are
1: we okay with that?
0: As like her next movie. Time out. We didn't talk about this in
4: our review, and it goes along with this. Oh, what's that? How long has Nick Fury been a scroll?
0: That is something Ooh. we also have to figure out, is how long has Nick Fury been a scroll? Because I'm going to assume since Tony died.
1: I, I since would Tony's agree. Funeral. I would agree, because even watching Far From Home... Nick Fury was giving me weird vibes. I was like, Nick Fury isn't acting like Nick Fury.
0: No, wait a minute. I have a theory. Wait a minute. Oh, snap. Winter Soldier. I think so.
2: Oh.
4: When Nick Fury oh. throws the eye patch down. Yeah. And goes off the grid, he disappears. His next appearance is in um, Age of Ultron,
2: mm-hmm. where
4: he cuts toast diagonally. I'm not drunk, guys. I have an echo on
0: my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, shoot. Is very, that is very, very true. And that would also explain why he just like randomly shows up in Age of Ultron. Yep. So, at the
4: end of Winter Soldier. At the end of Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Nick Fury uh Shield is no more. Okay. And Nick Fury has to go create a new um program, Sword. So he's in space creating Sword. Oh wow. That
0: would make that would make more sense because I mean the the it looked like an armada that he had with the scroll. It it and if this was post end game, he wouldn't have enough time. The other theory that I have is, um, and I'm sorry to take up a lot of
4: time about this, Um, (laughs) the other theory that I have is the original Sin storyline that came out around 2004. (gasps) Nick Fury's the man on the wall. Small threats Mm -hmm. like Galactus and um, Thanos get through, but Mm -hmm. Nick Fury's taking out everybody and I feel like he's the man on the wall making sure the big threats don't get to
0: Earth. You're welcome. I love that idea, because I I was gonna say original sin should be like should be one of the storylines that they try to do, because um, it would be very different from what they have established. Um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna oh my, I love that I'm gonna come back to that. So if if with Nick Fury being a scroll, Captain Marvel, you have her movie, possibly fighting the Kree with the scroll. Um, I think you also need to establish where are the Avengers, yeah. And I think, and I think you do uh, Nick Fury's big week style type deal, where because that's the because that's the big that's like the running that's the through line throughout the entire movie. Where are the Avengers? Why aren't the Avengers here? Like they name the original team, but as we know. There are are so many more superheroes in the world now. There's
4: other superheroes, but there's not other Avengers. They're
0: essentially Avengers.
4: They teamed up against Thanos at the end of the movie, but the Avengers, Iron Man's dead. Black Widow's dead. Um, Hawkeye's retired. Hawkeye's retired for the 30th time. He needs his own show. (laughs) Give Hawkeye a chance.
0: He's um, getting his own show. I know, but <laughs> I, I need more. But it's Hawkeye. like a passing of the torch. I need type a show. thousand times more Hawkeye. Um, Starring Alan Old is dead, is Hawkeye. Or,
4: I mean, you only have Scarlet Witch. The other Avengers aren't Avengers. Yet. Yet, but there's no Avengers at
0: this time. But you've got to think that the world. There's. Be- the world doesn't know what an Avengers is. They just know, like, oh, you have powers? Great. Go team up and save us. This is the world we live in.
4: The official
0: Avengers, Peter Parker, Scarlet
4: Witch, in Thor. Thor is now on the Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and you don't need...
0: Yeah. That doesn't... that still doesn't mean that the rest of the world doesn't see, like, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Black Panther... It's not like they don't see them as as Avengers.
4: the rest of the world really hasn't seen Captain Marvel. Nobody's had a chance to see Captain Marvel. her movie she did her thing off where uh, uh, uh,
0: uh. yes we have because she was she was still around. Wait a minute no oh no we do know that there's Avengers because Black Widow kept them going during the five years. yes. yes. They are Avengers... Calvin, Uh, don't play with me. They're at uh, Avengers... They're at Avengers Mansion. uh,
4: Don't play uh, with me. I mean, none of the other Avengers... I mean, you have Rhodey. You have... Rocky Raccoon, Guardian of the Galaxy. Right. He's out of there. there. You have
0: Okoya. But now now that Black Panther's back... Yeah. Yeah. I don't
4: count them as Avengers.
0: You don't have to. I'm talking about in-universe... In the universe of the movie. So you're going you're gonna to sit here. You're going to sit here. You're going to tell me. You're Welcome
4: gonna... to Popcorn Prattle, guys. <laughs> the original. You're going to taste the original
0: Popcorn Prattle. <laughs> it's just us two fighting. <laughs> this is what this podcast was for. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. So you're... I'm, I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> so you're going to sit here. You're going to sit here. You're going to actually tell me that the rest of the world... You're, you're You live in a world, right, where you've known about the Avengers for years years right Mm -hmm. snap happens half the team is gone five years passes there is a new team there's a there's a raccoon that talks okay there's a iron man there's iron man's friend there is this bald chick from wakanda that we now know about because they've opened their borders we've got black widow so you're trying to tell me you're trying to tell me that you don't consider that ragtag team the Avengers? What are they, the Revengers? What, what are they, they then? What the do you call them? The band broke up. They're like the Beatles. What do you call them then? What is the what is the, what
4: is the new band called? They really didn't have a name. They did not have a name. They're, they're called the Avengers. They're not the Avengers. They're, they're not the Avengers. Calvin. That it, team didn't even feature Captain America. That
0: team did not feature
4: it Iron didn't Man. didn't
0: have to because... If they're, if they're acting like the Avengers in this new world, then guess what? They're Avengers.
4: I don't see them as Avengers, and I don't think the world would see them as Avengers. It doesn't. The Avengers oh failed. God. To the rest of the world, the Avengers failed. Nobody cares about the Avengers. And if I live in a world where, okay, my wife and my family have been snapped away, mm-hmm. and it's the Avengers' mm-hmm. fault... Go ahead, you know, so I'm about to I'm about to squash it right now. Go ahead, keep going. You know, the Avengers, no, they failed. They're okay. dead, they're gone. And you see it. The Avengers failed, they gave up. The Avengers on that team, they gave up. How did they give
0: up when you still had a team? So wait a minute. So you're trying to tell me, alright, you're in a flood. You're dying. You're, you're, you're in the flood. You're, you're in crawl, right? The, the crocodiles are coming to get you. What's crawl? I don't know. It's something that's something I keep seeing on when I when I watch Brooklyn 99. So they're the alligators. They're in the water. You are you are fearing for your life. Talking raccoon comes up and says, "Hey, grab my hand." You ain't gonna grab his hand. Wasn't he off planet during Endgame? Wow! No, no, no. What was he doing? I he can't was there. Better. He was he was helping. He was doing stuff. He was being an Avenger. Okay. Yeah, he was being an
4: Avenger. Okay, I don't I don't see it as the Avengers, but. Well, okay.
0: Go wow. ahead. Wow. Wow. Really? Yep. And Captain America's little team during, after Civil War, they weren't Avengers. They were Avengers. They How were they Avengers?
4: Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> they
0: were still oh the Avengers. Oh my gosh. You just had members who every time. <laughs> they were secret Avengers. Oh my God. So like I was saying, you have to figure out, I haven't even gotten a chance to say what Phase 4 would be. Yeah, this is so much fun. <laughs> so are the other two still here? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm. I'm. I'm done. I'm done talking. We're I'm, done. I'm done talking. I he <laughs> Calvin has made me mad. Someone else, please tell me what you think. And now I
4: won't be phase back on Ford. until episode two hundred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is what is phase four? Everybody, please help me out. I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. I'm...
1: I think they're gonna. I think I said this before, but I think they're going to play with Secret Wars somehow.
0: Like their like their own retelling of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's going to be their new their next. I don't think they're going to go at it the same way that they did building up to Infinity War in game, but I think that's mm-hmm. their next goal. Do you?
0: Th- now, despite rumors of the uh, them not leading to, like, a quote-unquote Avengers movie, um, what, is that, what is that next big event, do you think? Like, so it's not necessarily, like, Secret Wars, um, but what is that next big event that brings them together, do you think, for Phase 4? To establish a new team of Avengers, since the current team is not necessarily a team, according to some people. hello. He's not even looking at me. Probably. My name is Charles
3: Xavier.
4: <laughs> not X-Men.
0: I think you wait. I think you wait. I
4: think you need to go Earth-based. Mm-hmm. I know we're doing movies with Millie Bobby Brown in Eternals.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
4: wait, Millie Bobby on...
1: Brown is going to be in Eternals?
0: She, she's in the Eternals. Breaking <laughs> Yeah! Um,
4: and so is Stubert. The guy who plays Stub- in Stu Stuber? Uh, what? We saw him at WrestleMania. Is he really? He's in Eternals.
1: Wait, Camille Nogiani? Yes,
0: yeah. I can't say names, so. Wow. And I, I think, well, the rumor was Keanu was being considered for a role, but I don't think that. I don't
1: know. Do you think he's going to be that. Adam Warlock? No, th-
0: no, no, I think you make it Zach Efron.
4: Zach Efron, that's been talked for years. Um,. But you do Eternals. That's something else. I think the next big thing mm-hmm. is Doom. Thank you. You're welcome. Now we're back on the same team, guys.
0: It's like it's like uh, Endgame. Yeah. Do you trust me? <laughs> <laughs> we went off on our own mission for a little while.
4: <laughs> now we're back with the team. Where'd st- where Stephen go?
0: Did he die? Get again? have to throw him away? <laughs> <Yes>.
4: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Doom. You do something more Earth based, mm. and going back to um, Far from Home. Yeah. Or, or instead of Doom, Osborn, and I think uh, Flash Thompson's dad, stepdad is Osborne. Oh! <gasps> oh! You're welcome. Oh! Oh! That was teased so hard in this movie. I watched it at three in the oh, young guys. Dang. I saw that coming to my his text, he a mile away. You have a point! He keeps texting his parents. He keeps texting his parents. They never respond. Nobody shows up but his butler. He's got a butler. Who else of uh, Peter Parker's friends has a butler? Harry. You don't need Harry in this movie. You can do... I, I actually would not mind if they swap the two characters and Harry becomes Venom instead of Flash.
0: Well, you know, that's... Oh, my God. And they're doing that in the Spider-Man game where Harry's Venom. Interesting. Oh. Or you can have
4: Flash and Harry become stepbrothers.
0: You could. But, but, also, Fl- but Flash is becoming, like... He's becoming a character that we are slowly caring about, too. Yeah. Which happens because,
4: I, like, once he and Venom start teaming up, mm-hmm. and, it, like, I really enjoyed them in Guardians
1: of the Galaxy comic. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's something the also. actor would be, like, super hyped for because he's, yeah. he was a fan first off, and he yeah. Yeah. was cast in the films. And he's mm-hmm. great, and he really cares yeah. about this universe. So I think he'd be down for it.
0: It's kind of like with um Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie is a huge I didn't realize like how much he loves this franchise. Oh wow. Um and so to have him be the new Captain America, like I'm re- that... I'm really excited just because of like just of, of his enthusiasm. Like he's like I don't really care that I haven't had a movie. I'm just glad to be a part of this. I'm Probably just Chad. happy to be here, guys. <laughs> um Steven. Yeah. Based on Based on the movies that you have seen, where where do you where do you imagine, or or even or even like you know, even tell us what is the next big event? Because it could be X. I mean, it could be X Men. We don't know.
3: Well, that's what I was gonna say. You know, because I seem to recall them. uh, What's his name? Kevin. Kevin. Baggy. Yeah. He was saying that uh, Homecoming was gonna definitely be what sets up the next thing and that ending where you have a world that's turned against the main superhero uh because of the blip um i
1: hate you steven <laughs>
3: <laughs> um i just feel like you know that would be the perfect climate to start introducing characters who um have these powers kind of born naturally And so it raises the ethical question of, well, what do you do with them? These are people who have superpowers. We've seen, you know, all the damage they can cause in the past. And now we've got, you know, Spider-Man who was, according to the world now, is going to think that he's a killer and not a hero. He's a menace. So why should we trust any of these other people? And I think, like, that's probably going to be one of the big themes they could potentially explore.
0: They could also do the multiverse.
2: Yeah, They could, they could do like, the
0: multiverse. They, they set I mean, it technically, up. Technically, well, I mean, technically speaking, they set it up in Doctor Strange. Yep, that's um, what
4: Kevin Feige said.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, here's here's my only here's my only issue with going that route with the X Men and introducing them. Um, th- my issue is that Agents of Shield is canon. That that is especially that's officially canon, especially since some of those characters have now shown up in the movies. I think that because of that, Marvel has kind of shot themselves in the foot because they've written themselves into a hole where they've done that with the Inhumans. The Inhumans are currently your mutants that are being discriminated against. Oh, the Dollar um, Store
3: X-Men. Been, yeah.
0: Well, less less so of them, not so much that, that show, because that show didn't connect they were smart not to really connect it with anything, other than like themselves. Um, Agents of Shield has done like their own take on the Inhumans, and they're the ones who really made it seem more like these are, these are our mutants. Um, and I just feel like if you're gonna go that route, I I honestly think you need to. Pfft, Hell, I would I would make them manipulated by Magneto. I think you establish Magneto as like you establish them on the TV show. You establish them on Disney Plus. You make him or Mister Sinister. You make them the person that is, or no, Mister Sinister will be even better of trying to make it out that mutants are bad. You know, almost in the same, almost in that same theme that Mysterio did. Spider Man is bad. You have this 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 man behind the curtain who's telling people mutants are bad, mutants are evil. Like they're trying to get you, and they're the ones who manipulate Magneto into being like you should organize the Brotherhood of Mutants. You should take back. You should fight humans. You should fight humanity. Um, because I just I just feel like. While that would have been the that would have been the easier choice, that would have been a slam dunk choice, Stephen. I don't think that they can do it just because of Agents of Shield, because they they they've written themselves in a the corner. But
3: but what about Squirrel Girl?
0: That is that show still coming, right?
2: I hope.
3: I have heard nothing.
0: Does I want mean, my Squirrel I think it's a
4: Girl. Or, like it's one of the minor. I think it's like cloak and dagger level, like. Well, Cloak and Dagger's
0: been getting a lot of connections, though. I saw Luke Cage is in one episode. What? Huh? Yeah, Luke Cage was in this last season, and I really want to start watching Cloak and Dagger now to watch Luke yeah. Cage one last time. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: couple of things yeah. that I'm interested in to see him Phase Four.
2: Hmm.
4: Number one, um, Peter Parker's gonna need a good lawyer.
1: <gasps> Matt Murdock.
4: <laughs> uh, I was thinking more of uh, Bruce Banner's...
2: Uh, <gasps> Jen! <gasps> She-Hulk!
0: Someone's gotta take the place of the Hulk on the team.
4: <sighs> because, I'm sorry, I'm going back to my whole, like, and I'm being completely sarcastic here, guys, uh, my whole, like, anti-feminist thing.
0: We're very well <laughs> shown now, Calvin. Tread
4: lightly.
2: Uh, we on. <laughs>
4: While I get the whole girl power movement, like the scene in Endgame. Yeah, that was a little about. gratuitous, we've said, we've and, said, and this said. is coming yes. from a lady. Okay, we don't need Mantis pretending to do Kung Fu, like, and not actually touch anybody. We need She Hulk. Mm. We need actual. We don't need. Sorry, I'm, you guys have already discussed this. We're not going to go into this. We need <laughs> She Hulk. So that would be cool. Mm. Um, Matt Murdoch, that would have been cool too. Um, the end credit scene, I don't know if you guys noticed this Easter egg or have heard of it. Um, When he's in front of what used to be Avengers Tower and he picks up MJ for their swinging date, there's a little sign in the background um, that has a one and a circle, a two and a circle, a three and a circle, and a question mark and a circle. And it says, we're excited to tell you what's coming soon. Now that's, Two things that that could be. Number one, the obvious thing that you guys are all thinking of right now. Fantastic phase four. four. Oh, no, I'm talking about phase oh. four. <laughs> Fantastic Four. That's a genius idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Fantastic Four. Going back to what I was saying, Doom. Doom would be great. Mm-hmm. Having Fantastic Four. X Men. I don't want to see the X Men for a very long time. Mm. We don't need to see another X-Men movie anytime soon. We've had, what, 30 terrible X-Men movies and two kind of good ones? Yeah. I don't want to... Logan was good. That, I, that's not an X-Men movie. And they went out that's with a, a
1: fizzle, not a mm, bang. That's a
4: Wolverine movie. Mm, that's a Wolverine. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Steel or Wonder Woman is a uh, Justice League movie. You know? Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, but... I lost my train of thought. I am drunk now. (laughs) Doom. Doom. Um, X-Men. Yeah. How I would introduce them Mm -hmm. is make it an effect of the snap. You'd have to completely rewrite everything, but have people who have blit back have powers now. Mutate their DNA a little bit. Mm -hmm. And have people super smart people like Charles Xavier who you know maybe a blip back and got hit by a truck and that's why he's a paraplegic now um, but he has this power where he can read minds and he can train all these other younger kids and y- you could have that but I want that much lo- further down the line and introduce them in an X-Men versus Avengers storyline
0: yeah that's what you lead to that's your Thanos level event.
4: And long term, this will talk about in episode two hundred when I return. <laughs> I wanna see I wanna see eventually
2: mm.
4: Peter Parker take on that Iron Man role by passing it off to somebody else. Whether it be um a Richard Parker uh, not a Richard Parker, um Franklin. Franklin Frank, Franklin Frank- Richards. Franklin Richards, thank you. You're not gonna bring in Franklin
0: long term. What about Riri? Long term. term. Well, Riri, I think is coming. I I think we'll see her. I think we'll see her. Or go ahead. We'll talk about Riri later. That's one of the topics. Nova, I think is coming real, real soon. I think a
4: young Nova. Yeah. And Peter Parker going. I've been there. You're a kid. You just got powers. Let me show you. What I learned, Mm-mm. I think
0: that would be if he's gonna do if he's gonna do that with somebody, they're gonna use Miles yeah. after in, after Spider Verse. They're gonna they're gonna try to get Miles into the MCU real quick. Do you think? Yes. But Miles could. I mean, he blip. Did he blip? Is he five yeah. years older now? I think he's five years old. Hold on a second, Lindley had something to say. Yes, Lindley. what
1: if now that Peter Parker is outed? What if, you know, Peter, in order to save face and make sure his family's okay, kind of passes the torch, be like, I'm going to lay low for a while because everybody knows who I am. Somebody else needs to be Spider-Man for a while. Hey, Miles.
0: Okay. I I did think that. I was like, that would be a good way. But my, my only issue would be like, the world would still know that it's Peter. No. Here's what you do
4: going back to mysterious thing how anybody will believe anything now you have Peter Parker hold a press conference with his lawyer whoever you pick um, and then have them It'd be say cool if it was Jen it would be awesome if it was Jen, <laughs> have them say something along the lines of I'm not I, uh, I'm not this I don't have these powers and kind of do the little thing that's not my character you know like Tony Stark I'm not that's outlandish I'm not a superhero and then have somebody like I don't know Craven. Try to kill him, oh, and have Miles save him at this <gasps> press conference. So people go, oh, it's not, and that kind of oh. makes people think, oh,
2: oh,
0: oh. I do think Craven would be the the perfect choice for the third Spider-Man movie.
1: I would love to see Craven,
0: but I I told Steven this, and Steven, I I wrong. I think he really liked this. Introduce Craven in Black Panther. Two. Like as a minor character. Like we see him like the opening scene, like he's trying to like he's holding someone host he's holding a group hostage. Black Panther comes in, Bing bang boom, takes him out. Bing bang boom. Bing bang boom. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and sends him sends him out of Wakanda, and we don't see him again until. We find out in Spider-Man 3, they're like, we have hired this guy, we don't like it, but, you know, we need to take drastic measures because Peter Parker has the technology to completely destroy or hold New York hostage. We need to get Craven, and then Craven's like, Craven gets beaten in Act 2, and in Act 3, he brings in five other people, including a resurrected Mysterio. And do a
1: Sinister Six?
0: And do a Sinister Six. See, but six. they've tried I doing know, think, Sinister Six dead.
1: before and it did not work out.
0: It didn't, but you've got to look at YouTube, look up the scene where the Sinister Six is introduced in the game. They did it in a really smart way without, like, playing it up that, like, we're going to, like, the Sinister Six is, like, your main villain. In fact, they're not okay. the main villains. Don't look it up on YouTube. Go play the game. Lizzie's mean, not going to play the game. That, you have
1: to. I, I, I'm sorry. I suck at gaming. I'm not going to play it. It doesn't
4: matter. That game's more
0: like movie than video game.
1: You haven't seen me play video games.
0: Steven played it, and he wasn't terrible. Anna and I did not laugh at him. Much. Oh, Steven. It was it was very adorable to watch Steven jump around and... Swing like a spider. Uh, oh
1: yeah. Ugh, Steven, like Steven if you anyway. had fun, that's all that matters. I, however, matters. get super like into it, even though I suck Perfect. and then I just get angry. Perfect.
4: Perfect.
0: Do it. <laughs> that's all she needs. <laughs> just get into it.
1: Popcorn Let Prattle, let's play how to piss off Lindley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Guys, we have and, and and this is not the this is not the last time we will, we will dip our toes into the MCU in this particular episode. Um but we I do need to pump the brakes a little bit. And I need to hit the gas pedal. He needs to hit the gas pedal. <laughs> so what we're gonna do, audience, is we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Um Calvin, thank you so much for coming back on the Yay, air with us today. We, we finally
1: like got to be in an episode enjoyed. together.
0: I I know right they final we finally got that lost episode
4: and then I barely talk
0: <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It was just like old times it was just you making me mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I also have great ideas
3: but do you though Yes, he does Marcus I'm just kidding. He great I'm just kidding. ideas
4: like squirrel girl that
3: became my thing and then I wow. get pass it off to him wow. yes
0: wow. wow Wait, what really okay. Wow, really? Really? Yeah, I was the one who introduced
4: you to Squirrel Girl.
0: (laughs) He is, actually, now that I remember it. Yeah. What about Squirrel guys? Because that seemed like really, yeah, episode three. Justice for the Squirrels. You were our one listener at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Audience, we are going to take a quick break. Um, Take a moment to um, enjoy this small ad, and when we come back. You have ads now? We have ads. (laughs) (laughs) look how far we've come lord have mercy audience we are gonna have a great time so do not go anywhere um we'll be back after a short break stay tuned Hello there, everybody! My name is Mitchell Hansen, and I'm the host and creator of Not So Famous, a new twist on a variety show structured to bring you news, entertainment, laughs, and personal quandaries as we interview a different artist each episode on what they've been up to, what makes them tick, and how art is at the core of what makes us human. You can catch us pretty much bi-weekly on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean, and this show wouldn't be possible without the generous love and support from our executive producer, Marcus Sally, over at Shenanigans Incorporated. So go grab your morning cup of coffee or that late night glass of wine and settle in to your next episode of Not So Famous. We're glad you're here. Roll Initiative, a product of Shenanigans Incorporated,
1: is a podcast dedicated to teaching people how to play D&D. Growing your knowledge of the game
4: one mistake at a time. Have you ever wanted to learn to play Dungeons and Dragons, but are intimidated by excessive rule books and Ugh math? Well, so are we. Our players have never played before, and our Dungeon Master is a mess. Join us on Friday nights as we learn one encounter at a time what it means to play Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Um Man, I missed that kid um i can't believe
1: we finally did a technically a half episode but still an episode nonetheless
0: well at that time that would have been a full episode yeah yeah yeah
1: look how far we've come on our 100th episode
0: now we do an hour and a half oh my gosh
1: (gasps) Ah! why are we why are we screaming
0: uh, I just got a gift. Um, I have a new. I have a new uh, co-host here. I have Mini Sasha Banks. Someone, Someone to boss me around. Cause she's the boss. It's another wrestling thing. He brought it in. Drunk podcast, <laughs> Marcus. I'm sorry. Wrestlecast Razzle, Eternal will come <laughs> back one day when Calvin gets his act together and stops working so much. I know, right? <laughs> get Sorry. on the road, you goob. I'm going. Go. I'm going. He's he's gonna he's not gonna get home till like late. Um, <laughs> Audience, we're gonna keep the laughs going. Um, so, our next question uh, comes from Facebook. I should have wrote down who who said these things. Um, but our next question is, what the hell has happened? to r-rated comedies the last few years um now i don't know if that necessarily means if they're good or bad i guess we should kind of figure out where we all stand with it um steven what do you think about the r-rated comedies so far that you might have seen um are you are you liking them are you not liking them
3: what i'm not gonna think? lie i don't understand this question at all <laughs> yeah, what is it let's... trying to ask me <laughs>
0: I think I honestly think that they're asking like, do we think they're bad? Oh,
3: okay, I see, I see, I see.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, what I think.
3: I mean, honestly, it just I think I think it depends on the movie, really. Um, you know, I don't think I've really seen an R-rated comedy too recently. The last one that comes to mind is um, Oh, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. I don't know; it's been a long time. Like, I remember watching Superbad, but that was like 12 years ago. And uh, I know the other day we were watching This Is The End, which was also pretty funny. But I think that's kind of an older one, too. Um,
0: Uh, It's not too old. It's like, what, two, three years now? Yeah, it's not that old. That's probably one of the newer ones that you've seen. The newest one that you've seen.
3: Maybe yeah, you know I really think it just depends on who you know is making it. Um, you know sometimes you got the right stuff, you got the right actors, the right writers, and I think most importantly the the right directors and editors, uh, because editing can really kill a joke um, if you're not careful. So, you know I think I think. By taking it out of the PG thirteen realm, it certainly opens up the door for uh, more things you can do that you couldn't do like in PG thirteen films. But like I said, I think it depends on the crew who is involved personally.
1: Mm. Yeah, I am actually have an opinion on this. Go ahead. It from the from the sound of the question, it sounds like the person asking is not a fan of where R-rated comedies have gone. Right. I on the other hand, I am a fan. Mm-hmm. I when I think of R-rated comedies, the first one that really comes to my mind is something like Superbad or um American Pie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was never I was never really a fan of those movies because they were always so they were always really one-sided and about one thing, and that had to do with an a outcast or a nerdy guy, you know, having his first sexual encounter. And, there, and all the tropes involved in that, and over the years it's gone from, oh, teenagers getting drunk, and now we have stoner comedies. And they haven't really felt intelligent
0: hmm Like, mm-hmm. it's
1: been like, oh, this it's going to be the same shtick all over again. Right. But then this year, I got to see Booksmart.
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is an
1: R-rated comedy, but I didn't feel like I had lost, a like, 50 IQ points.
2: Right. By the
1: <laughs> end of it. Like, it still had some of those tropes and the characters you expect to see in a rated R teen comedy. But mm-hmm. it felt smart. And it mm-hmm. felt inclusive. Um yeah. With one of the the main characters being, um, one of the main characters was a lesbian. Uh, one of the other main characters, you know, she doesn't fit the mold of a typical leading lady, but she completely stole the show and her talent got to shine through. Not because of what a normal character in one of these R-rated comedies would usually look like, mm. but because she was super talented and yeah. super funny and the her the comedy wasn't based off what she looked like mhm so i think r rated comedies are starting to grow up mhm and they're all the better for it cuz book smart was amazing i watched it in I... in a full theater not yeah. opening weekend it was after opening weekend packed theater and i had not heard so much laughter in a comedy in so long.
0: It was getting a ton, a ton of good reviews. Like, I, like I really want to see it very soon um, just because of the response that it was getting. And it was a very, it was a very positive um, response, you know, because you you have um, this female directed um, film. And, and you're right, Lonely, like, you know, I personally, I, I really enjoy watching Super Bad. Um, but that's because when I was when I watched Superbad, right? I saw my friends. But I'm also a dude. Yeah, I, it's a dude and movie. Su- and Superbad is not something like I would never like unless I knew that like you know a girl was into that type of comedy. I don't think I would ever like be like, "Hey, want to watch Superbad?" Um, just because I was like, "I like, this might make her just feel awkward to watch." Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of R-rated comedies now, a lot of them are going the route of, a lot of them are still evolving and still changing, but one common trend I'm starting to, starting to see is that they're not taking themselves too seriously. No. You look at like 21 Jump Street, which to me was kind of like, to me, that was the, that was the spark that kind of did it for, for, um, for comedies nowadays in the past few years was that when Sub, when not super excuse me, when 21 Jump Street came out, it did not take itself too seriously. It was like, you know what? Yeah, this is a cash grab. We're gonna make fun of the fact that this is a cash grab. Um, and I feel like a lot of comedy is going in one of two routes. You either make fun of yourself and what you're trying to do. Um, or it's and 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 again, this is not this is not to say anything towards uh, towards Wes Riley, who is the person who asked this question. Thank you, Wes, for asking this question. Um, I feel like there are some comedies that are they're getting smarter. You know, I feel like the demands of the audience is changing, so I feel like some comedies feel like, hey, we we gotta we gotta smarten this up a little bit. We have to put in a couple of more really clever jokes in there that might not connect with all of our audience. Because comedy's hard. And I feel like if you're going to make a movie, making a making a, a, a comedic movie, an R-rated comedic movie, that's tough. Because you're saying it's R-rated, so you're already taking a certain percentage of your audience out of the mixture. And then you've got to make it good for those remaining and, you know couple movies did that recently um deadpool i watched deadpool it came on tv the other day even censored that thing still holds up because um, it's just a it's just a damn funny movie go ahead steven
3: i was gonna add something too that i remembered um a lot of horror movies like really good horror movies don't shy away from being slightly funny too um, most recently I was thinking, um, you had, uh, us that had a lot of really funny moments like yeah. where the audience was just busting out laughing. Like the part where, uh, what was it? Ophelia misunderstands what they're asking her to do. They ask her to call the police and she starts playing the song instead. Um, <laughs> it was, it was really hilarious because it comes from a place of honesty too. that sort of thing happens every day in life. I ask, uh, A-L-E-X-A, to play, you know, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, and she starts playing the reprise song from the end of the album, and it's like, no, I want you to play the whole album. But, I'm breaking down the joke, that's boring. Um, I just wanted to say like, I think like, lots of movies can include humor when you least expect it, and that's when you know, it can be really good too. Like, Us is a good example
0: of that. Mm -hmm. So
3: yes yes
0: i definitely feel like i don't know i i like the current trend of r-rated movies i think they're i think they're very funny um like i said i just finished binge watching brooklyn 99 um 99 and that that show there are some really there's some really funny moments in it um that are kind of like just like dumb like you know dumb jokes but there's also a fair amount of like you gotta be you gotta be pretty quick to get some of these jokes, um, or to to see some of the things that they're setting up um, for the big joke later. Uh, and I just feel like a lot of people, you know, when you go see a comedy, um, you know, I, how much do you really want to be thinking when you watch a comedy? You know what I mean? Like when you go see a comedy, I I, I mean that's what made me want to watch uh, Call Me Your Maybe. Because I was like, "Oh, this is a rom com." You mean I "Always term- Be My Maybe"? Always be my maybe. You just
1: called uh, it "Call Me Maybe."
0: <laughs> call me, call me maybe. Hey, call I me just maybe. met you. <laughs> and
1: whoa, whoa stop is... right there!
0: Stop right there, Copper. I Copyright. just met you,
1: and here's Keanu. <laughs>
0: what? <There was laughs> oh, oh you didn't... said Keanu. I yeah. said I touched the King Ranu. I was like, "Who no. the hell is that?" Kid with the choke,
1: <laughs> Marcus.
0: Well enunciate child ep- mm-hmm. <laughs> never r- word to the wise never tell an actor to enunciate ever ever enunciate we go to school dog dog it i love you lindley
1: mm-hmm. what's the next question
0: <laughs> next question <laughs> is young avengers We we are getting to a point now where, you know, a lot of our actors are getting a little older and we are starting to see younger actors being introduced that could potentially make up uh, a young Avengers team. Um, What say you guys to this? I mean, I I have I have my thoughts on it, but. Lindley, what about you?
1: I mean, I think it's something that could happen, especially seeing the role that Peter Parker is taking now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It could happen.
0: Do you think that that will take the place of a core Avengers team?
1: I don't know if it's going to take the place of one.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: It might be a side thing, kind of like how Guardians was. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Guardians was its own little group in this huge universe. hmm So it could be something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, see what about you um, I don't see why not I mean it, it, okay so in comic books they have what's called rebranding where every so often they reset the generations and to make it more current for the times and I feel like that's what the movies are doing um, and it makes it just makes sense I mean you can't have Robert Downey jr. you know in there being Iron Man when he's 70 years old. I mean I guess you could but Could you really expect him to do all the physical stuff he's doing now? You know, at some point you have to pass the baton. And so it just makes sense to kind of go with a younger cast. And uh, that is one thing that Tom Holland has going for him is he is actually pretty young. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it makes
0: sense. And he's a pretty, after watching Far From Home, I, I, I wasn't, I haven't, been like incredibly impressed with him as an actor i haven't seen his other stuff um i'd I'd like to um but far from home i i was like man you were you were really hitting me in the feels right when he's in that plane with happy
1: and he's
0: like don't tell me to come be like don't tell me it's gonna be all right like you believed him yeah yeah um and i feel like he is he could fill that robert downey junior role as kind of being like you know, he he can be the uh, the cornerstone of the Young Avengers. My question is, who do you bring in if you have to make a, a new trinity of the Avengers? So like what? The, the original trail, uh, trinity would have been Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. Who is your new trinity? Who do you build this new Young Avengers around?
3: Mm, That's a tough one. Um, That is tough. Squirrel girl! (laughs) I don't... Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I would go with definitely Spider-Man. I would definitely have... I would want to throw... I would really want to throw Daredevil into this mix.
1: I, I think he would be too old in this aspect.
0: Yeah. And 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 at the moment, Charlie if if you're not (gasps) talking about Charlie Cox, then I don't want to talk to you.
1: Miss Marvel.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. She's one of my picks.
1: Miss Marvel would be amazing in this. Mm
0: -hmm. Not
1: only because she's young, but one female, two, like have we had someone of her ethnicity
0: Mm -hmm. in the MCU? she would be your first Muslim character actually within the MCU. I don't think there's any other Muslim characters or anybody that has like identified as being Muslim. Yeah. I, th- I think she would be a great choice. And I think in, the, in this current climate within the MCU, mm-hmm. it, she, her character makes the most sense to be a fangirl and to want to become a superhero, um, you do have to introduce Inhumans. We'll reintroduce them somehow, properly. Yeah. But she, but she'd be a great choice.
3: You're wrong.
0: What? Who's wrong? You are. Who? You. What? Why? Why?
3: Because you're just wrong.
0: <laughs> what <Well>. the? <laughs> <laughs> You were wrong because you said Daredevil? Who is like an old man in the Young Avengers?
3: Well, no, I just, I just, you know. That's who I would like to see.
0: <laughs> well, go on Netflix. He's he's got three seasons.
3: No, no, I don't want to start him over. Reboot him.
0: Who else? Who who is your third? Who makes up your Trinity? If you've got Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, that's a great choice. Um kind of love that choice.
3: I really, I feel like you need to bring the Fantastic Four into this somehow.
0: Into the Young Avengers. Why? How would they're that work with
1: te- Young Avengers?
0: They're, Make they're them their young own team. Oh, no, no,
1: no. We tried that with Fan Ford Stick, it did not go well. Well,
0: I mean, yeah. not
3: like young, young, young. Make them in their like thirties or something, but.
0: No, no, no. Young Avengers. Steven, Young Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, they have to be high school age.
3: Okay, now see, you could specify these things. It would clear up so much more confusion. We thought
0: Steven, it was in the context. Said, <laughs> Steven, we said Young Avengers and you said Daredevil. And we were like, uh, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> but we still love you, Steven.
0: Well,
3: y'all need to work on your teaching skills.
0: Whoa. Oh,
3: yeah, gosh. shots fired, bazinga! Oh
1: no, get okay.
3: Back. Um,
0: well, if we're going with young, um... <laughs> yes, even because their name <laughs> is the Young Avengers, and I said Trinity. You gave me four people <laughs> to fill one slot. <laughs> you get one more try, and then Lindley's gonna close it out because she is one for one for uh, one right now.
3: Fine, then I'll go with Squirrel Girl.
1: That's an acceptable answer. Thank and you. I think mm. a good
0: answer. Thank you. Mm.
3: Marcus, you're wrong. You don't
0: know. It. it it's only a good answer if um, the, the woman who's playing Squirrel Girl, if she can, I mean, if she makes that character into something that people can gravitate to, then by all means go right ahead. But, in all honesty, you either, to me, that third spot, you either give it to Shuri.
3: Who is that?
0: Or, that's Black Panther's sister. She's like the smartest person in the MCU right now.
1: I don't know if y'all could hear that, but that was me (laughs) facepalming.
0: Or... Um, you make it, <gasps> Randy Williams? No,
1: no, I had no, I have, I have it, I have the it. The third one,
0: I have the who, third one. Who's third?
1: The shoot. Now I'm blanking on her name. The
0: what's her powers?
1: She's Hawkeye's buddy.
0: Oh, 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 uh, uh, uh Kate Bishop.
1: Kate Bishop. You make it, Kate Bishop.
0: I don't know. She's gonna. Are. She's gonna be in the Hawkeye. Uh TV show.
1: Did, it's like Kate, that's what it's about. Yep, yeah, Kate Bishop. My vote, my vote, Kate Bishop.
0: I think, but would you make her the new Trinity?
1: Yeah. Yes, I would. Really? Yes, I would. Why? Because I think she's got the attitude for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, you've got Spider Man, you've got Spider Man who, you know, is Spider Man. Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. who, she's got the heart. Mm-hmm. She's got the heart of someone like Captain America. Mm-hmm. But then you have to have that kind of sarcastic, witty yet tactical person. That can be Kate Bishop.
2: Hmm.
0: It all I makes could,
1: sense.
0: I could see that. Wait a minute. Nope, I got it. Because and I'm and I'm using and I'm using your argument, right? Because. Spider Man's the Iron Man. And... Miss Marvel's the Captain Ms. America. Miss Marvel's Captain America. Then the third one has to be the translation for Thor. I think you go Viv Vision. Hmm. And I think you can do that in WandaVision and retcon it within the MCU that Viv Vision is wanda's daughter
1: that could work
0: Mm-hmm. that she maybe has to turn into a an android like vision is...
1: Um, but is she gonna be imaginary and then then later wanda goes crazy and then we finally get house of them you oh know i was gonna bring it up sometime in this episode
0: dave dave, dave has challenged you to come up with some other storyline I... other than that
1: and I mean for for another question we have coming, I do have another storyline, so take that, Dave.
0: <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Steven, here is here is another topic. We will make it as very clear as possible and it should be clear because your wife made this one, okay? This one is, uh, the next topic is favorite Humphrey Bogart film.
3: (laughs) Uh, okay. 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 Well, would y'all like to go first? I'll do one. Go
2: ahead.
1: I like Sabrina. Hmm. Sabrina. Sabrina's a lovely little film. Mostly because of Audrey Hepburn, but also Humphrey Bogart is in it. It's a good choice. It's a golf clap. Golf clap for that choice.
0: Steven.
3: Well, I'm going to have to go with Casablanca. um, Because in the great tradition of all those uh, studio films from the time, Casablanca, I think, is one of the few that actually is pretty good. Uh, It's great chemistry between Humphrey and uh, Ingrid Bergman. And uh, it's just a very, very good story and kind of sad, but um, it's a classic and it is still watchable today, I think. So I'm going to go with Casablanca. Good. Good choice. How about you, Marcus? What is your favorite Humphrey Bogart movie?
0: Uh, so I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't watch Humphrey Bogart movies okay I don't that's fair um, yeah I, I mean I just I have no interest in in, in watching them um I mean I, I'm not opposed to classic movies but I, yeah I don't know like I said I, I'm just not interested <laughs> it's just, I know who he is but yeah you can ask me about any any other movie in the world I'll tell you but yeah
3: you need to watch more movies
0: yeah i'm good have you seen friday yet uh not yet no when you watch a when you watch friday i'll watch a <laughs> Humphrey Bogart movie. how about that <laughs>
1: those are two very different ends of the film spectrum
0: <laughs> they are but like when i was growing up guess what i would watch i would watch friday i wasn't watching sabrina <laughs> i was watching apples supreme the and teenage witch apples and but oranges. i wasn't watching i wasn't watching but Gassabog i wasn't watching a kid i wasn't watching uh you know i was watching I was watching yeah, child's
3: was, play as a kid
0: well there you go yeah ask me about ask me about you know which one's movies? your favorite child's gotcha. play mm. the original series there was one where andy is in a uh he's at a military school
3: child's play three
0: yeah, I always like that. It
1: scares one. me that you know
0: that
3: one's exactly
1: sad. which Child's Play he's talking about, Stephen.
3: <laughs> well, they freaked me out too, and I think my dad had this sick idea of like turning the movie on and then locking all the doors so I couldn't leave the living room while it was playing.
1: Was your Teddy Ruxman in the room?
3: Yes, he was.
1: Yep, oh, there you go.
3: Okay, so Humphrey Bogart, he's a thing that well, happened. All
1: right. <laughs> Do we also want to cover my mother's topic? When, when she sent us a question, it wasn't really a question, but she shared our event of this episode coming up, and just wrote rom coms.
0: What's oh, I I your favorite mo- rom com? I have one too. I got a really, I got a really, I got one that I absolutely love. I'm gonna share it because I didn't have one for Humphrey. Go ahead. Crazy Stupid Love. Aww. I hey that movie is so wait 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 is, wait, wait wait. What?
1: That's David Linhagen. David Lindhagen? David Linhagen.
0: Okay. He takes the ring off and <laughs> punches them in the face. Oh my gosh! It is. It's. It's. Oh, it's so. It's just so funny. The cast just works. Everybody in that movie just works so well together. Um, it's it's, I mean, it's it's a feel good movie, and also too, um, I'm pretty sure that's why I have a crush on um, Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, I think that that was my that was my first like real introduction to her. That's and the like, movie
1: where she's a crazy teacher. Yeah, you're worrying me, Marcus.
0: Well, hey. <laughs> I have a type.
1: All right, right <laughs> uh, what about I'm, you guys? I do have a favorite rom com, and it's something. Yeah. It's not one that was, um, like I didn't grow up with it being my favorite, but it's recently come up in the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. I love it, and I really relate to it. Like it's a rom com that I relate to. It's called Austin Land. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It is about a girl who is obsessed with Jane Austen and who takes her savings and goes to this immersive Austen experience where she she spends the week in a dream Austen, you know, storyline. Like, and in the end, she's promised to get the guy. But during this time, she also has to decide, like, what is better Like the fantasy Mm. she's built up in her mind reading these books or Mm. reality. Mm. And me sitting here uh, reading Outlander and watching this movie, I'm just like, ow, this hurts. It's home.
0: Too in your defense, Limley. Now since watching Outlander. Which I'm so proud of you for their goals oh my gosh what? just the way and like it, they make me cry all the time when like jamie is hurting internally over things i don't want to talk about and then claire's Claire just there. She's like, she's like it's okay it's all right and i'm like i want some girl to say it's okay it's all right and hold me <laughs> and i want a boy to
1: call me Sasana.
0: <laughs> uh when I'm done watching Stranger Things, I'm getting right back on uh 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 Outlander cuz I stopped um at like in season 2, like early in season 2. Mm-hmm. Um so I need to pick it back up.
1: I'm rewatching it with my friend right now. She hasn't seen season 2. So I'm slowly uh rewatching it and Oh.
0: Has she seen season 1?
1: She has. She has. Oof. Um, The
0: end of season one is rough. I mean, I know Dave Dave and Kristen, I know you guys didn't make it, but the end of season one is rough.
1: And I warned her about it. We actually skipped the last episode. I let her know what happened.
0: What the damn hell? You didn't warn me.
1: I thought I did. No, I've talked about it on the show before.
0: Girl, I don't remember that.
1: Well...
0: (laughs) Well,
1: don't blame me for your bad Anyways Anyways I highly recommend Austin Land It has mm. um, Carrie Russell uh, It's got Oh I can't I, I I hate I forgot her name But she plays Paulette In Legally Blonde
0: Oh yeah She's um, in it Jennifer Coolidge
1: Yes Half of Flight of the Concords Is in it What uh, Not Jermaine uh the one who won the Oscar for the Muppet movie.
0: Oh, okay. He's yeah, yeah. in it.
1: He's in it. And also, oh, just you know, oh it's a great movie. And you mm-hmm. you have your Mr. Darcy esque hero and it's great. And it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's lovely. It's a Aww. it's a lovely little movie. If you haven't seen Austin Land, please go watch Austin Land. Steven, what is your favorite rom com? Yeah.
3: So, um, I don't really watch rom-coms. Ever. <laughs> I I think they're garbage and I don't really find pleasure in watching Ouch! them.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: There is nothing wrong with a good rom-com.
0: Especially a good one. Good ones are hard to find.
1: There are some that are trash. I will give it that.
0: Oh, yeah. But there are some yeah.
1: good ones.
3: They're There's good to watch if I, wanna, if I want to if I want to riff on them.
1: What? Whoa!
0: Ouch! Stephen,
1: you are going to a dark place.
0: I know. Who hurt you? Who oh, hurt this, me? <laughs> this is also
1: this is also the only one on the panel who is married.
0: That is very true. Yeah. Although no, I feel like Anna doesn't watch. Uh... Rock gobs I mean, bingo
3: <laughs> she can't stand them either <laughs> no like it
1: was meant to be
3: yes no like I guess if I was gonna choose one I enjoyed maybe the wedding singer uh, That's I think a would good technically one. count because um, like I mean account. you can accept them for their cheesiness but I mean that one I feel is more comedy based than just the romantic stuff but I don't know. I always like more epic love stories rather than rom-coms personally. Um, But yeah, I guess I'll go with The Wedding Singer because I'm the best man. The better man!
1: Do you like Flock of Seagulls?
3: Oh, crap. I feel like this is a quote and I don't remember it. (laughs) Lord.
0: Well, thank you, Mrs. Key, for, for that lovely a lovely suggestion. Thanks, mom. A question. Yeah. Hi, Mrs. Key. Lindley. Yes. I'm gonna flip it back to you. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I thought of one. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I, I did think of one for this, um, and then I realized that Dave was calling you out.
1: Yeah. Particular. Yeah. I know. Hi, what Dave. What
0: other? What other comic storylines would you want to have happen in the movies? That's not House of M.
1: <laughs> okay, so he did not specify it having to be Marvel.
0: That's a very true. Or part of the cheap.
1: MCU. There
0: is wait, you're using that as a loophole? Yes. Cheap.
1: But cheep, I have a good one. Okay, shut up, Tommy. Wiseau It's <laughs> <laughs> just a little chicken. It's <laughs> a little chicken. Anyways. Um, but there is one comic storyline. It's a one-off.
2: Okay. But there
1: is one comic storyline that encompasses every single aspect of my aesthetic,
2: hmm.
1: and I want to see. It was made into a, a cartoon movie,
2: hmm. but
1: I want to see it live action because there's so much you could do with it.
2: Yeah.
1: I want a live action movie of Gotham by Gaslight. Oh. And if you don't know what Gotham by Gaslight is, it is Victorian Batman where he faces off against Jack the Ripper. It's fantastic. There's mm-hmm. another there's another little comic series, uh, a another little comic one-off that I actually own. It's called Batman Mask and it's mm-hmm. the same aesthetic but it's Batman within a Phantom of the Opera storyline, and Harvey Dent is the Phantom of the Opera.
0: You told me about this.
1: It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> but I secretly love it because the front cover is of a Christine dye character with Batman behind her in a Music of the Night, like, circa Broadway pose.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I actually, I actually cosplayed Christine Nye for New York Comic Con a couple of years ago and I found a Batman to do that pose with.
2: Mm-hmm. It was,
1: fa- it was amazing. Anyway, but Gotham by Gaslight, it would be something completely different. Yeah. If, if you could even take it to, you know, have that feel that Penny Dreadful have kind of dark, but really play with how Batman creates his gadgets. Give it even, even a, a steampunk feel to it. Like Mm -hmm. how different Mm -hmm. and how awesome would that look? I watched the animated movie and it's pretty good, but there are still some things that I would change. And it, the way that it uses the Batman characters Mm -hmm. in this world and the villain is is not who you think it's going to be. It completely subverts expectations. I was surprised when I figured out who the villain was. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. But
1: you have uh, Pamela Isley. is like a she's one of the victims of yeah. Jack the Ripper. And Catwoman is this like kind of burlesque famous actress who also, when she's walking the streets, carries a whip on her garter, and it's mm-hmm. amazing whip. I hate you so much, Stephen. I'm sounding like Marcus right now.
3: <laughs> I'm just pissing everybody off today. Welcome to my hell.
1: But we still love you. So yeah, the one I would want a live action movie of is Gotham by Gaslight.
0: Hmm. Uh, Stephen, is there any uh, storyline that you've read in particular? Because I know you, you read a lot of the one-offs.
3: Uh I still want to see a movie version of Daisy Cutter the Last Train. It's basically Indiana Jones if Indiana Jones was a retired bank robber living in the uh in an alternate steampunk west pining over the fact that her boyfriend has turned soft and become the sheriff and Ooh. there's robots and it's an awesome story. And it's written by Kazu Kibuishi, who wrote the Amulet series, which also needs to be a movie. Basically, anything Kazu Kibuishi has done needs to be made a movie. Why is this not a thing yet?
1: That's actually really interesting.
3: You should read it. It is really good. Sim, I think y'all would really enjoy it. Send me the name
1: it. of it again once this is over, because I'm going to look it out. I will. It's I really recommend it. It's a,
3: It's a fun story. It's really
1: good.
0: For me, um, I it's it's hard to decide really because um, I've read some really really good ones. I guess one of the ones that I would really like to see it's um, to step away from Marvel and go towards Batman. There's a there's a comic book series um, or an arc, excuse me, called uh, Batman Endgame, where the Joker has. It's well, it basically starts off with Batman um, getting ready to go fight this enemy. And you see, like, a whole bunch of different panels where, like, Gotham's being evacuated, and because of this huge explosion that's happening in the town. And what you realize is that Batman has activated this contingency plan if the Justice League was ever to get out of hand.
2: Uh, And basically,
0: to bring the fight to him. And yeah, you find part. out that the Justice League has been brainwashed by the Joker. Um, and he wears this suit and he explains, like, I've designed this suit to uh, handle the Flash this way. I've designed a suit to handle uh, Diana this way, Superman this way. Um,
1: that was made into re- an animated version, too, because I remember watching that
0: uh probably the the suit has come up before but this storyline is like it just got done like 2 years ago. Oh okay. Um but the um but the basic premise is, is that the Joker it, this was like one of the last of um this was like one of the last comics before um during the new 52 um reign. Um Joker has essentially he's been dead and you find, it's this very creepy, like, I used to, like, keep myself awake at night because the Joker was essentially, like, Pennywise. Where he's just been alive in Gotham for years. And you find, and, like, Batman finally figures this out. And he finds out that there's this huge Lazarus pit underneath Gotham that um, the Joker, I think he died in. And so then he, like, keeps getting resurrected. Um, and so Gotham has always known a Joker, um, and he's trying his best to save as many people as he can, but the Joker's kind of made it his mission to be like, okay, this is the last, um, this is my last hurrah, like, this is where I'm gonna finally destroy Gotham. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Endgame, Batman Endgame would be a great, um, a great one-off, or even like if you, if you wanted to take batman off the table for a few years that's how you do it because they spoilers but again it came out two years ago um batman dies alongside the joker but he gets but he gets resurrected um and then there's then there's like a weaker storyline where like jim gordon takes up the mantle um he wears the cowl for a bit uh and then batman eventually comes back but um it was again it was something it was something new it was something different and that was kind of like my reintroduction into um well that was my introduction to scott snyder's um telling of batman the better snyder the snyder that should be telling these stories in my opinion um so yeah that's what i that's what i think you should make a movie of then you can then again you can have a movie about the bat family and not have to deal with batman for a while um. Fun. Sounds fun. Yes. Yes. Both of those it? sound
3: fun. I think.
0: Uh, here's a question. It. I mean, it's. It's. Um. Oh no. 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 I was gonna say this is another superhero related question, but it's not really. Um, because they ask, are superhero slash games, or no? Sorry, are superhero games faithful? No, it's about superhero games. Excuse me. Are superhero games faithful to their source movies? Or are they just blank cash grabs? I, I, no. I think, I think I read it right the first time. I think they're asking, are superhero and games faithful to their source materials, or are they just cash grabs? Yes? Am I reading that right? you guys, you guys...
1: I don't know. I really can't speak on this topic because I don't play a lot of video games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the only video game i'm playing nowadays is again wizards unite (laughs) if you count that as a video game (laughs) but i don't know i guess it depends
0: i can't think of a game that is based off of any recent games that are based off of movies because most most games based off movies. That was like a long time ago. Yeah, that, that yeah. was like early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, like Spider-Man used to have a Man. game every day. I
1: remember having The Mummy Returns on PS2.
0: Yes, right?
1: Oof, <laughs> 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 we've come a long way graphics wise.
3: <laughs> I had The Lion King on Sega Genesis. Mm. I had oh, it that on
1: the, in, um, that was Game the Boy.
0: One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stephen had the old school. That's that's old school. Oh yeah, on the uh, SNES. Um, so I guess what 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 route should we go with this question? Because Lily, you don't really play video games that much.
1: Maybe um,
0: I think
3: if you kind of look at it as like maybe the merchandising uh, of the what? superhero. So like I mean, you have the comic book, but from there, when it becomes whether it's a video game or a movie or a TV show, is that faithfully representing you know the the comics and the characters or is it a cash grab
0: Hmm. i think it oh i was i was just gonna say i think it is i think in this day and age you have a lot more you have a lot more people um, a lot more video game designers who are not so much looking to cash in on you know a property like that they want to make great games um like for instance uh arkham asylum which would be another great adaptation by the way um that's a great game that is a that is a damn good game um and i feel like it stays faithful to the source material if if anything i think it stays more faithful to the source material than the movies do i don't think it's a a blank cash grab um but then you look at like the upcoming avengers game that looks like it is going to be that's that's a cash grab that is that game is made because avengers end game is like the number 2 you know best selling movie and you know ever so i think it i think it depends on the company i think it's like uh i think you have to decide it that way
3: i agree with what that I, I was going to say I agree with that because, you know, sometimes you do have the very commercial aspect. Um, and, and let's not kid ourselves, everything, even the comic books, are commercial ventures because they're designed to make money. Um, I think what you really have to look at is, is it a good representation? Like that new Spider-Man game, even though it's not necessarily based off of anything uh, specific that I know of. Um it does incorporate a lot of key things about the character, and it's a very fun game. Um, And you were mentioning Arkham Asylum. You know, there's a lot of really good movies and TV shows based on these properties, but then, you know, there are the cash grabs. Um, I, you know, will shoot um, shots fired here, but I will venture out to say that the whole uh, DCEU was a cash grab because they were just looking at a property, uh, several properties, and they thought, "Oh, we're going to compete with Marvel," and they churned out, you know, garbage after garbage. And only when they finally started, you know, reconsidering some things, did we start getting some decent movies. So at first, like Man of Steel, uh, BVS, uh, and Justice League, I feel like those were cash grabs because. You know, it was a studio just churning something out without giving uh, those films the proper time they needed right. to become good. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I really don't remember too many, re- at least recently, I don't remember any uh, video games based off of movies that well. Um, I'm sure there's like a Lego version of some of them. Like there's Lego star Wars now, but can you really call that an adaptation exactly? I mean, that's just like, yeah, that's for like little children because mm-hmm. they're, they're so easy. Well, um, that's a cash
0: grab. All, I you? don't
1: know, but the, Le- the Lego, like Jurassic park movies are hilarious.
3: <laughs> really? I, like, like the yeah. little 30
1: minute movies they put on Netflix. They're great. Oh my
3: Gosh, I need to watch these then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it just depends on how much quality are they willing to put in themselves, as opposed to just churning out something because it has the name brand only. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Linley, anything to add?
1: Um. Not really. Okay. It's fine. I just, I'm, I'm just. I don't have a lot to say because I'm not a gamer. Yeah. The one game I do know things about that I would love to see a movie adaptation of. Hmm. I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I would love to see Alan Wake. Yeah, you said into that. A movie. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a. It's a. It was a game that went under the radar, but I learned about it because my favorite band did uh, the music for it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just a really good story, a very kind of like Stephen King esque paranormal, yeah, sort of film that could be made out of it, so yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That
1: would be That's
0: interesting. Awesome. So this last question, this actually came in today, um, and this comes from Sam Fulton, um, creator, uh, DM extraordinaire um, of Role Initiatives. And he asks, uh, the possibility and even desirability of original content versus adaptation, reboot, reimagined material which I feel is a perfect uh, question to close on the show because I feel like we always kind of come back to this idea when it comes to new movies today Um, yeah the possibility and even desirability of original content versus adaptation, reboot, reimagined material um, what, what are your what are you guys thoughts on it?
1: I think Hollywood is scared. Agreed. Oh, I think Hollywood has become so afraid of original content and that they've forgotten that some of the most profitable, um, not only films, but works of art come from original ideas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, while these adaptations, these superhero movies, these sequels, these remakes, reboots, whatever you want to call it, they do make a lot of money but if your product is good enough and it's original it'll share the same success but studios now it's it's all about numbers mm-hmm. it's all about what's breaking box office records what's number 1 in the box office what's getting the most amount of money and the most butts in seats and to be it's not original content anymore Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And that's sad because all major studios are churning out. I mean, look at Disney. Yeah. Can you think of how many like original properties they have in the
0: works now?
3: Uh, I really can't think of any actually.
0: The last one. I feel like everything is like a.
3: It's like a remake of their a rebranding of their own property. Or it's part of a franchise that's already established.
0: Well, I feel like I feel like Disney, what they they they've come to the realization that they don't have to create, they don't have to be original anymore. They can take a property that's already been made and then make something else from it. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm just like just thinking off the top of my head. You know, Moana was a great movie. I, yeah. I loved, I loved the, the princess and the frog. Like I, like my favorite story about princess and the frog is my cousin and I, it was like me, my two cousins. And she was like, I think she was like six at a time. She wanted, she really wanted us to watch it with her. Cause it was like her favorite movie. So we sat down, yeah. she fell asleep, but me and my cousin Garrett, we're like on the edge of our seats and we're like, you no, know, I'm like, we're like in our twenties watching this. Right. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, like, is this, like, is the girl going to turn back to a, like, a, a girl? <laughs> like, is she going to stay a frog? Like, yeah. i like, Marcus, you know the story of the prince and the frog, but I was so engaged in what they were presenting that um, I was intrigued. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to watch it. Um, but I think, like I said, I think yeah. they've, they've come to a realization that they don't have to be original.
1: Yeah. But, but see, those I are like, Pixar you know, handles... three
3: movies in, in a in a sea of like so many like you know like you said franchise films Mm -hmm. it's like the ratio of original content uh versus stuff from pre-established franchises is getting smaller and smaller it's moving away we're not seeing as many original ideas as you know i feel like we could be Mm -hmm.
1: And if they are original ideas, they're not played in wide releases because all the screens, all five screens are taken up by these sequels, reboots and remakes.
0: And that I feel is that that is, you know, the biggest tragedy because it's like, you know, we've we've seen we've seen these movies that are not As well-known. They're not a part of a franchise. And then people see them and they love them um, because they are different. I think about, like, Baby Driver. I
1: mean, look at Pixar. Yeah. Pixar, if we're still talking about animation, they have, like, incredibly original content. Think of something like Inside Out Mm -hmm. or Coco that are original ideas that are hugely successful. But then studios get stuck and be like, oh, because it was successful, we have to not work on this original content, but we got to get a sequel out real quick to make an easy buck.
0: Well, I was think I was, I was, I was going to, that's a good, that's a good point. I was going to use the example of Baby Driver. Um, that movie, I feel, went under the radar. But if you talk to anybody that's seen Baby Driver, they absolutely loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you watch Baby Driver, it's it's a very well done movie. Um, just the way that they integrate music into it. Um, I think yeah. I think about um, Bad Times at the El Royale. Um, I oh, saw that, that went way under the radar. I saw that movie at Walmart the other day and it was like, I think it was like $7 or something. And, and Stephen knows this. We used to have a game, right? Where we would go to Walmart at night um, when we were in college, and we'd all we'd all look at movies, but we'd never buy them. But we'd look at a movie, and we're <laughs> like, "This movie is worth more than five dollars." I mean, we'd buy it because we're like, we're buying this out of principle because this movie deserves better. Uh, it should not be in the five dollar bin. And I remember seeing, I remember uh, being that way when I saw that. Um, I recently saw Black Klansman, and I and. I've got a conspiracy theory about it. I'll tell you about it after the show. But I I rarely see a copy of Black Klansmen out anywhere. I had to hunt for a copy of Black Klansman. Um, oh, wow. And it's like, this, this movie was up for an Oscar.
1: And it won Best Original Screenplay.
0: Yes. And yet you would never know. It's insane. Like, just how... These studios, you know, I mean, and don't and don't get me wrong, I love my blockbuster smashes, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm not going to like if I go to the store. Like when I went to go pick up Captain Marvel, I had Black Klansmen and Us in my hands as well. It's like I got my popcorn flick and Captain Marvel, I got my horror movie with us and then i've got my my you know movie that's about to say some real stuff in black Klansmen. and out of those three movies captain marvel was the one that had the poster i think us had a poster as well but black klansman i had to hunt for it and that's and that is not okay i should not have to look for bad times at the hour royale when that was a very good movie yeah And deserved more attention than what it got.
1: Yeah. Which makes me worried a little about movies like Yesterday. Because I saw Yesterday and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Not only is it a cute story, it's really well done. It's really well shot. Uh, It also is an original idea. Yeah. Its lead is a person of color. Mm -hmm. And the plot isn't about his race.
0: Yes, thank
1: you. There's no stereotypes (laughs) about that. It's a just a great movie, mm-hmm. and it's doing really well, and it's being marketed pretty well, but not because of the people in the movie, but just because of the Beatles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But how mm-hmm. long until that's going to be in the five dollar pen?
0: Oh, I, absolutely, absolutely, and and it's and it's a shame because I when I when I watched the trailer for Yesterday, I was like, mm-hmm. man, this is going to be a good movie. No one's going to see it.
1: I, I'm surprised that it's because it premiered, I think number three mm-hmm. at the box office. Let me let me double check this.
0: I'm sure it did. You know, which
1: for a movie like that is really good. Mm-hmm. It's really really good. Well,
0: it at number three during the summertime, amidst uh, you know what what else probably came around out around that time. Wasn't it a uh, Men in Black International or something?
1: uh it might have been toy story
0: okay so then that makes sense of where it ended up yeah I'm
1: trying to find it anyway c- continue yeah. on while i find this
0: yeah i mean steven what do you, what do you think
3: um i think they need to fire whoever edits their trailers and whoever's in charge of their advertising. Because, like you said, a lot of these movies are flying under the radar, and I seriously blame advertising. I think, you know, they feel more confident about pushing the bigger stuff, but, you know, the original stuff, I feel like doesn't really get as much attention and hype. Because, um, like, I mean, I, I'm, y'all are seeing these movies all the time, I'm not even hearing about them till they're already on video um half the time and uh i'm not trying to brag here but i like to think i'm pretty good at editing movie trailers to get you excited about something just saying hollywood if if you need some advice i got you back i got you back i'm right here just just hire me i'll help you out but you know fire your current guys because they suck yes yes
0: But I feel like you also, I mean, but I feel like you also have to put more movies, you have to like expose them more, not so much just in advertising, but you've got to put them in more theaters and you have to put them at times when people are actually going to, to watch these movies. Um, Wait, did you just
3: disagree with me to agree with me? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was saying.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah, give no, them you're, more exposure well, you're, and, you're and saying, advertising. You're you're saying with advertising. I'm saying like within the movie theaters themselves. You know, okay. put the movie on at a time when people are actually going to go see it. Right. If you go, if you want to go see Far From Home right now, you can see it almost every hour or every other hour. Okay, or every thirty minutes, you can see Far From Home. If I wanna go see yesterday, right? Am I gonna if am I gonna be able to say like I, I can I can go right now to the movie, I can get off the air right now and go see yesterday. Am I gonna be able to do that or is yesterday already gonna be playing at a very weird, inconvenient time? Or should I be but if I go there and I'm like, Oh, I missed yesterday, oh I guess I'll go see Far From Home. Is Far From Home gonna be available? I'm just saying. Yep. Why? I'm just saying. Put put these theaters out. Number one, in more theaters, because I can tell you right now, Far From Home, when it came out, it was in both the theaters like two minutes apart from me, okay. But yesterday, I can guarantee you, that's playing at one theater, and it's probably the one that's like the crappy one, quote unquote, crappy uh, theater. It's not at the big luxury theater. It's just not.
3: Well, another thing you gotta consider is the runtime, because runtime really is what dictates how many showings can be put in a day, how many screenings they can have, and I feel like longer movies can also be detrimental to that because if you have longer movies, that means they take up more screen time and uh, kind of push the smaller films out to the side. So
0: how long is there's that too? I mean, it, I'm almost certain that yesterday and far from home are about the same time or was about the same one time there are tons there are tons of these these you know quote unquote and and i wouldn't even necessarily say that they're smaller movies because look at uh bad times at the el royale how many big name actors were in that movie <laughs> are you kidding me so many big name actors and you're trying to tell me that you can't put more you can't give me more times for bad times at the el royale that's ridiculous that's absurd, and to not expose that to more people—that's—that's that's, no, that's not right. You've got you've got to take a risk in these things. Fire
3: and I, your advertisers.
0: Well, and, I, and also here's another thing too. Here's another part to this question: Do people want to see this? Do people
2: yes and,
0: I, and and do do does does the average citizen want to see this or do they have to essentially be tricked into seeing it? I
1: don't think, I think they have to be tricked.
3: Yeah, I I feel like advertising is all about speaking to what people really want. I feel like there's a lot of films out there that I definitely would see if I felt like what they were making was actually speaking to what I wanted to see. But a lot of the times they don't, they all just feel kind of, uh, I don't know. It almost all looks the same to me. And that kind of discourages me from going to see them oftentimes. So, you know, it really is about finding what people, how, how can you connect with the audiences more? Uh, I feel is what's been missing because when it's just the same rehashed, Uh, kind of stuff you know that gets old so you got to find in the advertising what makes it more unique Um, because that's going to get I think people more interested uh, for a lot of this more original stuff Um, but that's my thoughts
0: okay I personally I personally think that the average person Right? Just the average person has to be a little coerced into seeing these movies. And I think it is up to people that normally that like seeing these movies. I think they have to talk it up. I think that, that led that's what actually led to the success of movies like Baby Driver. Baby Driver went on the radar until people started talking about it and then all of a sudden you started seeing a lot more trailers for Baby Driver once it was out because people started talking about it and then people were like oh wow this actually is a really good movie and sometimes the and sometimes the trailer i mean you can you can you can make a trailer look however you want i've seen some great trailers with really horrible movies and i've seen some really crappy trailers with really good movies really good original movies like um, Live, Die, Repeat Edge of Tomorrow, right? Horrible title, but the movie is banging but the trailer you didn't know what was happening in that movie, that movie that trailer did not, it was like a weird soundtrack, it looked weird I think, I I went to go see it because I was bored and I was like yeah, I got some time on a, on a summer, um, I'll go see this movie and it ended up being really good. And then I went out and I told my friends about it. And I was like, hey, you go you should go see Edge of Tomorrow because it's actually really, really good. Um
1: and still called Edge of Tomorrow.
0: It's still called Edge of Tomorrow. Horrible title. Great movie. You know, I feel like there's there's so many there's there are so many, you know, so often I I feel like people people crap on movies today and it's like there are there are lots of good movies that aren't superhero movies. There are so many. Booksmart. That's one that's I to me it's it's flying under the radar a little bit more because it's got, you know, like Lily you, you described it to me, it's got two female leads. It's a female director. One of the one of the protagonists is lesbian. You know, I can see. I can honestly, I can already hear somebody being like, "Ugh, that just sounds so artsy and dumb." When it's like, why does it have to be artsy? Because it's got two females in it. <laughs> it didn't have to be artsy. It could. It could be like super bad. <laughs> look at look at bridesmaids. Right. <laughs> that movie. Yep. That movie. Like you can say like like oh I bet it's artsy or whatever. Like it is raunchy AF. Okay. It is so raunchy. But it's also it's it's pretty funny. It does the job. It makes me laugh. And I I don't know. I just feel like I feel like we we've been conditioned to think that some original movies are either it's like Shakespeare, right? People some people don't like watching Shakespeare because they feel like it's just too lofty. And I feel like people are conditioned to think. If it's not a big blockbuster property, if it's not a Marvel movie, or if it's not Star Wars, or it's not like, you know, something with uh Tom Cruise in it or something, then it must be really artsy. And I'm not gonna be able to understand it and I'm gonna hate it. But I feel like we've got to get out of that mindset, you know what I mean? I mean, am I talking about it on my butt or, or what?
1: No, no, you've, you're you're right.
3: I think I just think I feel like Hollywood really needs to get on the ball, though, more than the people.
0: Well, the the thing is, though, is that we the people. Here comes my you know, communist rhetoric. We the people <laughs> have to make have to be the catalyst of that change. Look at like Black Panther. That mm-hmm. that movie would not would not be up for an Oscar had black people not gone. Not to say that it was just black people, I'm not saying that white people, get calm down. But a lot of black people who don't normally see Marvel movies went to go see Black Panther. Why? Because it was a mainstream superhero movie that had a main character that looked like us. Look at Wonder Woman for another example. Wonder Woman could have flown right underneath the radar. But a lot of people, a lot of women, went to go see it and said, this is what we want to watch. And we have to do that more. We And we have to do that for not just the big superhero movies. We have to do that for these smaller movies as well. We have to hype these up. Because that's the only way that Hollywood's going to get it. And the thing is, and the funny thing is, I think that the streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime, I think they've gotten it. Because look at Always Be My Maybe got it right that time. (laughs) Look at Always Be My Maybe. That, it was like, it went viral so fast. But I can guarantee you, if that movie was in theaters, it would have never got, it would have been limited release and not and not have gotten hyped with or without Keanu Reeves but because it was on Netflix and everybody was like eh I got time like I did it blew up so I think to me I think these smaller movies go for streaming that's where you, that's where that is where you will find success, because that's where people are gonna. That's where people are more apt to see it. Leave leave the theaters and like the fifteen dollar twenty dollar tickets. Leave that for the big box office movies. Let them have that. Mm-hmm. You take the, you take the small screen. Okay. That's what I think.
3: So I'm seeing some more questions on the uh, film talk group. Uh, that I don't think we've gotten to.
0: There were other ones? because
3: Oh, yeah. We've got a few from Anne-Marie. Uh, this oh, first just, one did she
0: just put those up?
3: Uh, no, they've been up there for about three weeks. Oh. All right. And this one can kind of, uh, I guess, tag off of that one. She asks, uh, film festivals, are they... A, I guess she's asking, are they a true tool to kick off a career or an outdated model of getting into the business. Uh, And uh, she's saying this is thanks to things like streaming Netflix and other internet platforms. Um, Can I take this one? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think film festivals do still have a lot of value because even things like Netflix and other internet streaming services that are, Um, showing some more of that original content. I feel like a lot of it usually starts out in the film festival circuits. Um, and, and like some of the original content that they actually, uh, do commission, you know, it stems from, you know, those creative types and those creative outlets, um, to kind of create new content. Um, I do personally have issues with some film festivals that are like you have to pay uh, like a whole bunch of money just to submit your film I've always been kind of annoyed at that but I I don't necessarily think it's an outdated model of getting into the business personally Um, I in fact I think things like uh, Netflix and internet platforms uh, have definitely made it easier for people to see some of these films because I mean like I'm never going to the Cannes Film Festival <laughs> um, unless you got me, like, a ticket to go there. Um, but uh, it it is good to kind of see more of them. Um, but those are my thoughts on that. Did y'all want to add anything to that one?
0: Marcus? Um, I mean, I feel like film festivals, I feel like if you... If you are a smaller level film um, and you are just looking for exposure, I feel like film festivals need to be for your very amateur filmmakers. And I say amateur, but, I mean, let's just keep it real. Um, There's, like, a recent... It just premiered at BlurredCon, which is this weekend. Um, It was, like, a a mashup between Samurai Champloo and... um, afro samurai and i posted the first fight the first episode on on the group and it's amazing it's great um but that's i mean that's quote unquote that's amateur um i feel like that is where these i feel like film festivals need to cater more towards that um and then for these larger films i feel like yeah you know put those on netflix let that be their let that be their medium and then again, you're all you're doing is you're giving each kind of like section of filmmaking you're giving it a, a category and an outlet that people don't have to fight over. You can create a community amidst those people, um, and you don't have to feel like you're you're fighting to get attention. So, but also too, you got YouTube. So <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, there is. It's, uh, it's like you and don't Vibyo. necessarily have
0: to have. Um, you don't have to have a film festival to be noticed. As, and as a matter of fact, you're probably going to get more noticed on YouTube and go viral like, like you know, Red Rooster did with their film. Um, you'll probably go a lot further than you would at a film festival.
3: And there might be better venues than YouTube also. Like if you wanted to monetize, I know YouTube is terrible about their monetization, according to every YouTuber who monetizes through it. Um, but yeah, there is that. Um, Lindley, did you have anything you'd like to add?
1: Um, not really. I can I kinda agree where the platform is is evolving and I don't think film festivals I think there's it's still fun and I don't think they're gonna go away, especially something like Cannes where there is a sort of hierarchy and prestige to it. Um but as far as getting discovered, I don't think they're necessary for that reason. Okay.
3: okay. Um, I'm trying to decide which of these two questions because I, I feel like once I ask the second one, we might actually be here all night. Uh, Amory asks, or says, Dreamcast, your favorite book, that has not or has been made into a film?
1: Oh, I have one.
3: Go ahead. Okay.
1: Um, so, with all these monsters being uh, redone and, you know, Dark Universe or whatever, I would really... I have been wanting a true adaptation of phantom of the opera not a andrew lloyd weber not a anything else closest we've ever gotten is the 1925 lon chaney version and even that the ending is so screwed up because original test audiences didn't like didn't think it was entertaining so they threw in a carriage chase scene but i want a true mysterious adaptation of phantom of the opera and i know exactly the cast i want uh, I want. I want Tom Hiddleston as Eric or as the Phantom. Either, either Tom Hiddleston. I, I want like a a, the love child of Tom Hiddleston, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Doug Jones. <laughs> if I, if I could, someone somehow have my way. Um. Recently, I would love to see Elise Chapel be Christine she, um, she's not that well known she has a minor part in Yesterday but she's more known for the show Poldark uh, it's a BBC PBS uh, period drama uh, I would love to see her as Christine and I'm still I will forever campaign for Army Hammer to play Raoul very cool oh and Oded, Fe- Oded Fair um, as the Persian nice
3: the Magi. The Magi. <laughs> the priests. Immortals hey, priests.
1: Hey, if you wanted to make it canon in <laughs> the 1999 cinematic universe, be like, The Magi, we're now tracking down this mysterious phantom. <laughs> Which, if you've read the book and subsequent um, spin offs, um, Eric actually does have a, a big arc where he was you know he was a magician and torture chamber uh planner or inventor in persia so that would be cool to explore
3: Hmm. uh well goodness me uh my favorite book that's kind of a difficult order so i'm just going to go back to daisy cutter um and as far as who could play daisy cutter herself Uh, gosh, I, I feel like it could be, there's several good choices. Um, I personally don't really know who I'd like to see that in that role. Um, I'd have to think on that one for a while. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll come back next time with my answer. Um, yes, yes. Marcus?
0: Um, I would probably go with, uh, The Historian, um, by Elizabeth Kostova. Um, you guys ever read that book?
2: No. I've about- heard of it's it. It's
0: very good. It's um it's kind of well, she was inspired after reading Dracula. She, Ooh. she wanted to have like a like she writes it in the similar style where um it's all kind of written from um it's like it's almost like diary entries, kind of like how uh Dracula's written, right? Um, And so she, what happens is that it's this little girl and she's being told this story about how her parents met. And what you find out is that um, her parents basically meet because um, her father's mentor gets killed. But when when they went to go investigate the murder, there was blood on the ceiling and there was a bat in there um and then you slowly start to discover like they never flat out say it um until like ha- to like halfway through um but you find out that uh essentially Vlad the Impaler is still alive um and that he is indeed count dracula Ooh. and he uh basically goes around he he's basically been like collecting um all of these books and like all this material and whatnot um to build up a library and he is looking for um a historian because he leave they leave a book he leaves a book for like the next candidate and they essentially have to go on this you know amazing race type journey around the world to figure out where does it originate from um and then you you slowly start to learn that the the main girl um you find out that her mom has actually been turned to a vampire and that oh, that's yeah. why she's not that's why she's never mentioned at the beginning and the reason why the father is talking about it um, is because he is going on a journey he's looking for the mother to try and save her interesting yeah it's um it's very it's very good um I I really love it it's a it's a slow read um so it's it's definitely one that i feel like is this would be an artsy book this would be an artsy movie um without a shadow of a doubt but i feel like um with the right director it could be really good i could definitely see millie bobby brown being the girl um because especially after watching her in godzilla she's not she has a lot of scenes where um she is not she's not the main focus. The trailers made you made it seem like she was like gonna be like a main character. She's not. and I feel like in this movie, I think it would be nice to see kind of her reaction, especially as L in stranger things. she doesn't especially in those early two seasons, she doesn't talk that much. Mm-mm. She shows a lot of emotion in just like what she how she looks and how she interacts with people. and I feel like that is something that you would need. Um, from this little girl before she goes off on her own journey to find the mother um, because the father has also um, i think the father also gets kidnapped by the vampires that are around it's very it's you can tell like where she got her inspiration from with dracula and
1: what is it called
0: the historian
1: the historian yeah it's one I'm of my it's gonna have to go read this it's one.
0: it's one of my favorite favorite books it was her first novel, actually, yeah. Wow.
3: I think I think I have actually remembered who I wanted to play, Daisy Cutter. I would like to see Emma Stone in that role. If you read the comic, you might disagree, yeah. but but I think it would be a fun role to see her in. Okay, gotcha. Last uh, the last question that Anne-Marie has posed, uh, what's going to be the next big movement in film? Uh, for reference here she points out that the 1990s seemed to have a lot of romantic comedies, rom-coms. Uh, 2000s had a lot of adventure epics, the 2010s has been of course superheroes. So what do y'all think's going to come in the 2020s? I have a theory. What's the theory? I think it's going to be horror.
1: I could kind of see that.
3: Just because I feel like horror movies in the last few years have started getting better and made by people who like horror movies, but want to see them achieve like a serious recognizable status like other genres, because horror and comedy movies are typically kind of looked on as low lowbrow in the um, art circles um, but you know I mean there was a time when adventure epics were also looked down upon and superhero movies were looked down upon and fantasy and uh, romcom you know all of these had their moment uh, and defied the norms of the time and I think horror might have a good chance at doing that Especially since, in the real world, life is just one big horror show.
1: Well, on that depressing note... (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) What are y'all's thoughts?
0: I think, I honestly, I think it'll be manga. I I think it'll either be, I think it'll be 2020, or I think it'll be the decade after but I do think that manga or manga however you want to say it I feel well no not even not even manga anime anime right now um, there's there's a treasure trove of content within anim, within the anime community that people are really gravitating to um, I think the first one to do it will be I think I want to say it'll be My Hero Academia. I think that'll be the easiest one to translate for a Western audience I th- because it's already, it's superheroes, so they're already going to be on board with it. And then once you reveal that it's an anime, then you can start breaking into like, okay, now we can start to do other, uh, other things that are not superhero related. We can do things like Attack on Titans, we can do a Gundam series where it's a war epic. Um, we can do—I mean, Cowboy Bebop, right? Is coming is coming to Netflix very soon. Um, so we're already starting to see signs of them trying to trying to capitalize on um, on anime, and just like with superheroes, all it takes is just one good movie to do it. That's all it that's all it'll take. And then once you have that one good movie, then. You know, you have you you have your next big movement.
3: OK, Lindley.
1: Um, I think it's time for a resurgent of the movie musical.
3: Really? I think
1: we started to get it with movies like Chicago. Like, it proved that because after, I think I watched a uh, video essay on this uh, by Lindsay Ellis. After the Hello Dolly movie came out, musical movies did not do well at the box office. Like, they didn't do well. But then Chicago brought back that. One, they can be done well, and two, they can be profitable, and you're also getting that profitability with movies like Mamma Mia, unfortunately, because <laughs> Mamma Mia is one of the most successful movies in the UK, and yep. even Mamma Mia 2 did really good with a certain amount of audience. And now that Steven Spielberg is going to be coming out with his version of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I think we we could have another, you know, musical renaissance.
0: Well, and you see In the Heights. We've got that.
1: We have the In the Heights movie.
0: That cast so good. In the Heights was filming.
1: That It was filming like a block away from my work office. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Lynn is here. So I we could see that coming soon.
0: I think, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about that one good movie, um, I think In the Heights would do it. Yeah. I think In the Heights Because
1: not only would it get the musical theater crowd in, but it would get
0: the It would get a mainstream you know, audience, yeah yep because that's really because that's really the key the key is what movie can you produce you just need that one to kind of make the blueprint and then which which one movie will will get a mainstream audience to pay attention and i think in the heights would do it because then once you once you put out in the heights it's only a matter of time before you bring out hamilton And I I dare any superhero movie to go up against Hamilton that weekend. <laughs> I know Disney's probably Oof. like, damn, can we get in on this uh <laughs> that's, wait a minute. Oh my god, Lindley. That's what? why that's why they want to have a relationship with lin Manuel Miranda. Oh. Because they no, want wait. they want it. Oh I no. I bet I'll put money on it. that this no. some there's some Disney exact? Who said, like, I we know. gotta get in on the Hamilton train? Like, bring them in. I don't
1: want like, a Disney fied version of Hamilton. I don't want this. They like
0: him. They like him.
1: I don't want it. Yep.
0: Tell me, tell me that doesn't sound real. Uh, right? It makes sense.
1: Who is producing the In the Heights movie?
0: I don't think it's. Wait a minute. I think it actually is Disney. I think it's, like, DuFox. No. Well, I think it's DuFox. Fox. I'm looking no. it right, up right now. No! I'm so... Yeah, I mean,
3: that would make sense. I mean, it's a franchise. <laughs> it's a brand. No. It makes sense
0: that Disney would have it. It's Warner Brothers.
3: Oh, thank God. It's not
1: Disney. That's even worse!
0: It's Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now it could be... Now this could be bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs>
0: This could just be a bad movie, but
1: No, probably not That's what I think we've got
3: Well, okay, to ensure that we make it to 200 episodes at least Do we want to place bets on which one we think it'll be?
0: I think it's still too early to tell
3: Right now, yes, but In five years, it might become more apparent Or however long it takes us to get to 200.
0: You just want to win. You just want want some feather in your cap because Lindley and I have titles on the show.
3: (laughs) I need to win this. Do not take this from me. Give me. Give me. Fight me. I'm Batman.
0: Okay. Well, I actually... You know, if you guys... If we want to do that, we can. But it is getting late. And we have... We actually have one more question. Um, The last question I asked you guys, that was from Jason, actually. So thank you, Jason, for that, um, for those questions. And thank you, Anne-Marie, for those last three questions.
1: Thank you, Anne-Marie.
0: Hey, Anne-Marie. Sam actually came up with this. Uh, Is creating likable characters only to predictably kill them to force an emotional response lazy and crappy writing or justifiable in some way?
1: oh i don't want to answer this
0: you must
1: no i can't answer this because it actually might spoil something
0: wait spoil what
1: i can't say oh my god (laughs) i
0: okay well steven
1: i think steven might know what i'm talking about possibly yeah
3: go ahead marcus
0: Oh, okay. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's um, lazy or crappy writing. I think it's only to predictably kill them to force an emotional response. I don't think so. I I think that it is because first off, you got to think you had to get me to like that character. And getting me to like a character, that takes skill. Writing a good character that I relate to, that I want to see succeed, that takes a lot of skill. Not just from the writer, but also from the actor. Okay? So that's first and foremost. Um, Now, if you're going to kill them off, I mean, it depends. To me, it depends on the story that you're trying to tell does it make sense for them to die at that particular time? Um, I look at, you know, I look at Tony Stark. Tony Stark is a likable character. I mean, yeah, well, Robert Nye Jr.'s portrayal of him yeah. is likable. Yeah. The yeah. character itself is, you know, kind of questionable. Um, but people gravitate towards him. They they liked him. They, they enjoyed the character. They liked watching him succeed. Um, now, you, I felt like he had a logical conclusion. Personally, I, I always say, said that they should have killed him off in Infinity War. Infinity War made sense for Tony to die and to lose, right? Because he wins, he wins, he wins, and because he couldn't trust the team, he loses. Now, with their, now the way they told the story, they didn't want him to die then. They wanted him to learn that lesson and then have a redemption moment in Endgame, and I thought it was even more powerful. And that led to his that led to his eventual death. And then I was like, okay, that's 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 good storytelling. That is that is where it should have gone. Um, but I feel like if the character was likable, um, unless you are just trying to get a response out of somebody. Um, I think we have to look at the writing first. Like, let's look to see if this is where their arc was leading them to be. Um, Because in all honesty, I think that that's why why people were so shocked with the deaths in Game of Thrones and why they were so angry. It's because the books are only half written. George R. R. Martin, who needs to get off his butt and continue (laughs) writing. The books are only half written. So the characters are only half written. They were basically making characters off of notes. and that's not a character. So look at the writing first. look at the writing first, see if it makes sense. and if it doesn't make sense, then yeah, yeah, then then you can say that's lazy and crappy writing. Um, but if it's if it makes sense within the context of the of the script or the story, then give it a thumbs up he's got to die
3: I agree with everything you just said Marcus and it really does go to the writing Um, I feel like you know we've seen so many movies uh, that have done this cliche where you know you've got a really likable character and they've got someone they care about and they have that conversation right before I don't know charging the enemy gates or whatever where they give them some inane life lesson, like, hey, just make sure you take care of yourself out there, okay? And it's like, you know what's coming the moment that conversation happens. You know that that person is fixing to bite it. And it just, it happens so often, and I feel like filmmakers gotta be real careful not to put things like that out there to tell the people, hey, guess what? I mean, the only thing that's missing is like them to say, hey, watch yourself out there. When we get back, I'm retiring. Oh, yeah. We're going to celebrate that big birthday party we didn't get to celebrate the other day. It'll be just you and me. And it's like, yeah, they're going to die. So just just watch yourself.
2: Check
1: yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen.
0: Lindley, I know you can't say whatever it is that you're thinking of, but do you have another. I know example? what she's
3: thinking. And you are wise, Lindley.
1: Um No, but I, I, I do agree. Like if it's if it goes with the the story and the character, then yes, by all means kill him. But if it's just gratuitous and something to force a emotional response then as maybe find another way
0: it cheapens it
1: yeah yeah it cheapens uh-huh.
0: it cheapens their death when you do that because it's like well you just killed them just so that i would feel bad or maybe it would you know that would be the catalyst to making a character to make some this you know this choice um but you didn't necessarily have to do that. You could have found another way for them to make that choice. So, yeah. But, um, guys, we have reached the end of our show, our longest show to date. And, of course, I feel like it's only appropriate since, I mean, it is episode 100.
2: Woo!
0: <laughs> audience i hope that you have enjoyed yourselves so much um i know you probably stopped and started um all throughout the all throughout the show um but i hope i hope that you guys have enjoyed yourselves and if this is your first time listening to the show please make sure that you follow us on twitter on facebook on instagram we are everywhere and of course you can always talk to us um directly through our email and if you want to talk to us individually steven where can the folks at home reach you
3: folks at home you can follow my uh film blog on blogger just type in Failey's uh sorry <laughs> bailey's film workshop on blogger uh you can also follow my youtube channel just head over to youtube and type in bailey's film workshop
0: lilly where can the folks at home reach you
1: Folks at home, you can find me on Instagram at Little Lottie. I've got a lot of things happening, lots of cosplay stuff, so you don't want to miss out on that. Um, I also have a cosplay Facebook page, which is Little Lottie One Word Cosplay. Uh, so that's on Facebook. I am also writing for Outlander Cast. I've been doing a special segment called Susanuck Spotlight. So if you like Outlander, like me and Marcus do now, and I'm so happy about that, uh, check them out. And if you like it to sign up to be featured for sauce Tech spotlight.
0: And of course, folks at home, if you would like to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on a variety of different podcasts. I believe I am up to six now. Um, two are affiliated with popcorn prattle through shenanigans, Inc. Um, we have Rule Initiative, which is our DD podcast. We have Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. It just uh, he actually just dropped a new episode this past week. Be sure to check it out. Um, you can also hear me on Continuum Force, which is an audio drama, sci-fi audio drama that's up for a couple of different awards right now. So please, please, please go and vote for them. Um, and then I am in two podcasts are in production right now. One is Beauty and the Beast, uh, and the other one is Garbage Town, which is a musical. So it'll be very exciting. A um, couple of weeks as my summer comes to a close, and I get ready to go back to a school. Ah, all right, guys. The hype train has finally, officially left the building. Finally, officially.
3: Yay, Ooh, we and did Here comes guys. the Hajafar train.
0: Yeah, yes. Lindley, don't forget it to. It wasn't don't me take...
1: who brought it up this time. Yeah, Hooray. Yeah, but
0: we know you have a ticket. <laughs> so... Not... so I do not
1: have a ticket. I am the conductor of this train.
0: Ms. Mrs. <laughs> Key, did you hear that? <laughs> someone's someone's gonna, Wait, have see... someone's gonna have to no, have a talk with their mother. <laughs>
1: she saw she saw the movie too. I showed her the pictures. She understands.
0: (gasps) Lindley, don't be putting your mama's business out there like that. Oh my gosh. Don't be putting your mama's business out there like that. Uh, Audience, as you can see, we are having fun and guess what? We're going to continue to have fun for a hundred more episodes. So, before we leave, I leave you with this. From all of us, all of you we wish you peace love and tranquility you all take care now
1: make good choices
0: blip